0: We, we bought, we bought, we bought, we bought, we bought, we bought, we we bought, bought a mic. We, we bought a mic. We bought a mic. We bought, we bought a mic. We, 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 we bought a mic. We bought a mic. Hi, low. Hey, that was great. Hey. Welcome to We Bought a Mic. So next time you're trying to listen to a John Williams score, just <laughs> listen to us instead.
1: Yeah. You've replaced him, so that's all, all we need now.
0: Much like how you've replaced one of our co-hosts forever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mr. Ray Rodriguez. First time, our buddy, our pal.
0: Hey, first time. <laughs> I am Ernest Calderon. I am Hunter Mobley. I'm Ray. Uh, how you doing, Ray? Pretty pretty good. Yeah. You guys can't hear Drew because he's uh, m- he just now looked at the Golden Globe nominations, <laughs> and he's throwing a fit in the corner of the room right now.
2: Yeah. But- also, he was absolutely astounded that we're so good at singing the star wars songs
0: <laughs> and he, you, he's as just he, shocked as you know he hates star wars yeah. so he wasn't even allowed on this podcast things, right
1: you guys are too big now so you're a victim of affirmative action which is why i'm here so i just took his yeah. job he's, uh, he's out yeah, yeah. he's out get that quota J- up. just like that <laughs> much
2: much like uh lucasfilm just you know he's got to go he didn't fit the mantra done you know, one and done all right so today on the pod we're gonna be giving you a big old review of Star Wars The Last Jedi, and going to be talking about what we've been watching. But before we get to any of that, let's talk about these Golden Globe nominations.
0: Okay, who's excited for the Golden Globes? Uh, the crowd is okay. going too wild. Okay, you can't hear yeah, them. That, was, that was about the feelings. See, the Golden <laughs> Globes, like, nobody ever gives a shit about the Golden Globes anyways, and this year's nomination just kind of reaffirmed why the Golden Globes are kind of stupid and pointless. I mean, just, like, all award shows are stupid and pointless because they don't mean anything. But the Golden Globes especially, they just... Usually the Golden Globes are more in touch with society than even something like the Oscars that'll give, like, the artist best picture. Which I still don't understand that. Yeah, no, nobody does. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, like, why... I just don't understand so many of these nominees. Of course, um... We have, for uh, best motion picture, musical, or comedy, the hoot-hollering hit with many musical numbers that we all remember and love, Get Out. They, pl- <laughs> they did play maybe two songs in there, I think. Yeah. Redbone? <laughs> Stay woke! Yeah. <laughs> it's such a They such are going to get to Donald
1: Glover just... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, overall, like I
0: think these nominations are okay i don't have nearly as many problems with the film side of it as i do the tv side the the film side other than i do have some problems with uh who is nominated for best director especially um we know greta gerwig despite her movie being nominated for best picture but we do have ridley scott where ridley scott's movie wasn't even nominated for best picture which doesn't really the world. yeah all the money in the world which Nobody has seen, I don't even know how it got nominated because they're still re- editing this movie to edit out <laughs> Kevin Spacey. What did they, did the people who put this on here nominated it? Did they see the screener with Kevin Spacey in it? Or, I, I mean, what?
2: no, because they nominated Christopher Plummer.
0: Yeah. Like, how? Oh, who replaced, wow. who replaced how? Kevin
2: Spacey? Damn. I
0: don't understand. Like, did they just give it like a pass? Just like, oh, yeah, you know, this will probably be good. Just go ahead and give Ridley Scott one. <laughs> I mean, we haven't like, seen it. It's but, the you know. names they have stapled onto the poster or
1: whatever. It's like, Ridley Scott, cool. Let him just <sighs> Th- give that it to him. See, this is why I
2: feel like a lot of these are just kind of like Hollywood's padding its own back. Like, of course, they nominated yeah. Meryl Streep for the post. It's it's just like it's more of the same. they're the the Golden Globes are Hollywood just getting drunk and and just a big circle jerk. Yeah, it's it's all it is really. I mean, I'm excited for
0: maybe The Shape of Water, even though I haven't seen it. Yeah, I have. I have a lot of hopes for The Shape of Water. I think that. uh, indie acting and uh, the for best actor and best actress uh, especially for supporting I think that we have a really tight race especially in the um, uh, best actor for a musical or comedy we have Ansel Elgort and Baby Driver which I think that he I don't know if he deserved a nomination for that but mm-hmm. I did like his role in that movie Uh, james franco and the disaster artist which i think has to be the odds-on favorite for that yeah i hope he wins daniel kalua for get out for like i I did not expect daniel kalua to get any love despite him having an amazing amazing performance very very
2: funny performance ha 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 ha
0: ha ha, ha. so many lulls in that movie yeah god damn it i just they really need to restructure these categories because i understand that the uh, studio pitched Get Out as a comedy, um, as like a dark comedy, because they knew they would have a better chance of winning. Which but more like, power to them for that, you know? Because they, yeah. they definitely
1: deserve recognition, for sure.
0: But it's like a social horror movie, it's, yeah. and it's not a fucking comedy. Like, I, I, I get that it's all about getting awards, because that's going to boost the acclaim, and purchases of like uh digital and blu-ray and stuff like that but i don't know and then uh best actress i think uh Sosha ronan and laurie metcalf are extremely deserving nominees and i really hope that both of them win for their performances lady, in lady bird. bird yeah yeah i think lady bird has to be the favorite for um uh best musical or comedy what about for best drama um dunkirk Dunkirk, I really want to see Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, I've heard a one. lot of buzz about Call Me By Your Name. Of course, The Shape of Water, I'm really excited for. I'm excited, to see, or I'm surprised, I should say, for how many nominations three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri has. It's a good movie. I knew really Francis, good movie. I knew Francis McDormand was going to get love, but... Overall, I really enjoyed the movie, but I don't think it's, like, Best Picture nominee-worthy. Well, Sam Rockwell for supporting... Sam Rockwell is very deserving, Although I do want Willem Dafoe to get that one for the Florida Project. Yes, yeah, he was... I I loved his limited role in that. That's the ultimate, like, Best Supporting Actor. Just very limited, but impact so powerful whenever yeah. he's on the screen for best
2: actor in a drama it it's gonna go to daniel day lewis like that's oh, kind of yeah. like a default
0: win right there and also like it's his supposedly his final movie yeah. so they have to give him yeah. that like legend <laughs> send off <laughs> yeah. yeah they
1: gotta send him off correctly and also the thing about daniel day lewis is like i know he's like he's like oh that's the best actor but he really is like the best actor because my biggest thing about like any movie is if like i'm watching it and there's, like, a huge star, and I just know you as that star, it just takes me away from it completely. Like, even if they do, like, a pretty good job, like, sometimes, like, for example, uh, Leo, mm-hmm. I just I just know he's an actor. Like, yeah. that's that's it. Like it's the it, face. I, yeah, yeah. I just, it just takes me away. So that's why I, like, usually like movies with, like, less known people. But then you get Daniel Day-Lewis, who, like, when you really try and think about it, how does he look like? Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't really
0: know. He's <laughs> transformed. Yeah. He literally,
1: time. like, is a chameleon person, which is kind of scary, but... That's
0: that's it. why he's I, yeah, the that's best he's, actor. Yeah, exactly I heard it. this uh, this argument on a on a podcast the other day, and it's a really interesting argument because I can't really think of a good answer for it. Is Daniel Day Lewis good hang or bad hang? <laughs> Definitely bad hang. <laughs> like you think so, but I mean he's Irish. Would it also would it depend on what movie he's prepping for? Like Lincoln, that's a bad hang. You don't want to yeah. hang out with him. But like maybe Phantom Thread, he's having some more fun with the role. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, Gangs of New York or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Gangs of that New must York have been really fun. To that hang would be a fun hang. Point. Like it just all depends on which character he's playing at that moment. Yeah, I I can't say I'm too excited for the Golden
2: Globes overall because there's not really like one film here that I'm really pulling for other than, um, I guess, The Shape of Water. But I haven't even seen that, so yeah. I'm just hoping. It's I'm just good. I'm
0: yeah. yeah. At this point, I'm just I'm banking on being. Guillermo, so I know I'm gonna probably love it. Yeah, I'd be, I I'd be happy with Dunkirk. We should uh, go ahead and get to the snubs. Um, At least for film, there's one major snub, which is in the animated movie department. How the fuck <laughs> did the Boss Baby get nominated over the Lego Batman movie? Yo, know, Alec Baldwin's got some pull or some shit with his stuff. Like it's got to be. I mean, like, this is the all, only way. This is like the most political of all the award shows. Like it's all about the schmoozing that happens behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and people just like. Uh, just trying to do everything they can to like push for their the producers just all oh, pushing yeah. for their guys well, to get not to get it's wins. It's not the only award mm-hmm. show. It's not the only award yeah. show, but the Golden Globes are the most notorious for there being like the rallying, yeah, for be, everything going out buying dinners for the voters. And all it's, that shit yeah, like it's that.
2: because it's the the people that vote are the Hollywood the Hollywood Foreign Press, yeah. which is a group of like thirty people or something. Yeah, it's a very small number of like old dudes shadow cabal <laughs> in Hollywood yeah exactly what well, you mean, were
1: saying like oh who saw that Ridley Scott movie the people who do these nominations that's literally all oh, the only people who have to see it I guess is these people because yeah you know, they're, they end all
2: well as far as movies go I uh, I'm hoping for Willem Dafoe I'm hoping for uh I guess the Lady Bird
0: nominations but there's not much else there I mean Sam Rockwell maybe I am excited to see that uh I know I'm, I'm really excited to see the movie, but uh, Sorkin with a screenplay nomination Molly's, for Molly's Game. Yeah, I hope that's good. I don't know if it's going to be, but I, I hope, I hope so. I mean, it's got a nomination for a screenplay. Of course, that's what he's known for is his hey, screenplays. Hey, so. uh, the Square
2: is nominated for best foreign language film.
0: That's actually the only uh, one of these foreign films I've seen. But I, I enjoyed The Square a lot. I, I'm pulling for it to win. That it'll, uh, it'll probably win. But we should move on to TV because TV is where we have some really problematic things. Um, not in a classical problematic oh. way, but we have the top two critically received movies, uh, TV shows of the year with uh, "The Leftovers" and "Twin Peaks" in no particular order. Um, <laughs> getting a combined one nomination for Kyle McLaughlin for Kyle McLaughlin in a category that there is no fucking way that he will win because he is. He is categorized um, for best performer actor in a limited series with Robert De Niro, Jude Law, Ewan McGregor. Cal McLaughlin is not going yeah, to win no, that. Like a little rough. leftovers with zero nominations. Um, I I just I feel like this is just one of those things where we've seen it before with the Emmys and even with the Golden Globes. They're just completely out of touch with what critical reception of shows are. Like, like I just don't understand it.
1: For best TV series or whatever, it's like—is it? Does it mean in general? Because this last season of Game of Thrones, very meh.
0: Yeah. oh yeah. There's no way it's like—it's not. It doesn't deserve to be on here as one of Stranger the best dramas. Things, like, yeah, no. That's the other thing is Stranger Things too. Like, is it best drama material? No, no like for what? Sure not. Yeah, it's like inter- it's, it's for no. sure entertaining. Like, it doesn't like
1: like what I didn't like about the first season there's like too much like. References to shit and like they tone it down like a little bit in the second season, but it's still like not anything like crazy.
2: Honestly, the, the Emmy went to The Handmaid's Tale. I'd probably say it goes to The Handmaid's. Yeah. Tale probably. Later.
0: I've never watched The Handmaid's Tale, but it just seems yeah. like it's just made to win awards I, and I, I, that's about it.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if The Crown well The
1: book, though, from it or whatever, is selling like hotcakes right now. Apparently. Handmaid's oh yeah. Tail. Yeah. Like nice. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, show um,
0: big little lies got a ton of love um i'm just Limited gonna series yeah it, you know what because laura dern here is nominated for her uh supporting role in big little lies and if she wins i'm gonna pull for her to win just because i'm gonna pretend like it's a nomination for twin peaks because she's <laughs> yeah. amazing in twin peaks
2: much like um Anne dow being nominated for um yeah. handmaid's tale yeah. and she's in the leftovers
0: just gonna pull we're just gonna <laughs> pretend like that's a leftovers yeah thing. um also, in the comedy category, totally snubbed from the Golden Globes, The Good Place, which- Not a single nomination. I think is the best comedy on television right now, and it didn't get a single nomination. God, which I'm so mad about that. I am glad to see like that uh, Master of None got some love once again, but it's just, I don't understand. How does The Good Place not get a single nomination when Will we and have Grace? a season and a half? Yeah, Will and Grace. Yeah. Yeah, that came back, they, and now they, it's just, it's already in the award they, circuit. Like-
1: has been back for multiple seasons or just, the, oh just one God. season? Yeah, I just think. one return just season. is a classic
0: season, I guess. <laughs> hey,
2: shout out to Christian Slater, nominated for Mr. Robot for supporting Yeah, I was, actor. I was
0: actually oh, wow. surprised. Is that the only Mr. Robot nomination? Yeah, it is
2: the only one. But he... No Sam Esmail, which is kind of yeah. surprising. I love Mr. Robot. It's right up my alley. One of my favorite shows of the year. Um, Hey, another snub Halt and Catch Fire. Not okay. a single
0: nomination. That's I'm not surprised. That, <laughs> no. Like I think *Halt and Catch Fire* is like my third or fourth favorite TV show of the year, but I'm not Like it's never gotten any kind of a, never like love.
2: It would have been cool to see like maybe Lee
0: Pace there or, or Scoot or Scoot, but it's just <sighs> I knew that that wasn't going to happen. Is it going to be eligible for the Emmys this final um, season? Maybe. I'm not sure. I I feel like it's not going to win anything. (laughs) I mean, maybe it'll get a nomination. If anything, it should get a nomination for, like, uh, best... I don't even know what it would get nominated for writing, directing.
2: Who do you think is going to beat Kyle McLaughlin for his best actor?
0: Honestly, I think Jude Law has a good chance for um, the Young Pope, just because the Young Pope He's became cute. such a meme. <laughs> like, I had never actually finished the Young. I've only seen the first episode, which I really enjoyed, but it became such like an online meme yeah. that I feel like that's going to kind of elevate it. Uh, I, I didn't even know that Robert De Niro was yeah. like The Wizard of Lies. What is that?
2: I don't know, <laughs> but uh, Jeffrey Rush is nominated for that. Einstein show genius yeah, genius he could win for
0: that did you ever watch the latest season of Fargo
2: yeah yeah Ewan McGregor plays much like Kyle McLaughlin. he plays two roles in that I show yeah he plays twins and he does a very very good job at it so if, if he wins I would actually be pretty happy with that because he just, does put a put in a good performance
0: Kyle McLaughlin puts on the performance of a lifetime in Peaks. 20- <laughs> he plays two comp- really kind of three like completely different characters it's so it's so cool seeing him you see one scene with this one version of cooper and then another scene with a completely opposite version it's so so interesting and like it is just such an incredible acting job i wish that twin peaks would get more love but it's just not not from at least any award shows i mean i've seen Pretty much uh, most major outlets have the Leftovers and Twin Peaks in some order as their top shows of the year. But once again, award shows are just kind of out of touch with general. I think viewership
2: was very, very low for those two shows. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why Like, this is all about like ratings. I mean,
0: it didn't help that twin peaks that david lynch decided to go with showtimes i mean he did that because showtimes told him that he could have complete control of the show and like he could do exactly what he wanted to make a david lynch product but nobody has showtimes (laughs) like yeah like it just didn't reach out to as many people like unless it comes packaged or something else then you have it yeah and like i feel like like most people like it's it's been gone for 25 years like you have to be like an adult For the most part, to like know what Twin Peaks is or to have watched it, like people our age growing up, for the most part, they've never seen Twin Peaks. Like they're not familiar with David Lynch work.
1: Oh, I mean, if you've been on the internet enough, you'll you'll run into it. That's I mean, that's literally the only. If you're a Tumblr kid, yeah, exactly. Tumblr kids,
0: Reddit kids.
2: (laughs) Well, any more thoughts on these nominations guides?
1: Um, I'm pretty excited, honestly, for the the uh, best actress in the TV series because you guys see Glow.
0: No, I haven't
1: seen it's Glow. A really Glow, good. Glow is pretty good. It's like a it's like a period piece in the 80s where like they're doing women wrestling and it's not like All right. You know like that trailer for um during Star Wars, like the, the miracle season. Do you see that? The volleyball one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That was like, so like on the nose, like, oh, this is women winning type of thing. Yeah. And it was, it was like, so like, just real corny. Heavy handed. Yeah. Glow is like, you know, it's all women. It's all like them about like carving out their own place. And like, cause this is during the 80s. So like W like actual wrestling is like really big and they like want to break into it also. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, it's actually just good. It's not like forced at any point. And also, I haven't seen Insecure, but I've, like, being on the internet, I just, like, know about it, you know? And is, I she know. No, is she nominated? Yeah, Issa Ray is nominated for, for Best Actress. actress. That's yeah. cool.
2: Along with, so she's up against Alison Brie. Brie. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I did see the first two episodes of Insecure, and they're so good. I didn't yeah. watch the rest I mean, of the it's season. It's on my watch list. I haven't had the time to get to it, but for, just from what I saw of Insecure, it was amazing.
1: And that's the thing, they from what I've like heard because I like just see her like on Twitter all the time they like just let her do her thing which is what people really need to be doing is like when you have like I don't know like Marvel needs to like really go more into this is like when you have a really great person who's really creative let them do their thing because that's how you're really gonna like oh, yeah. bring people mm-hmm. in because people want genuine things even if they don't really know they want it. Yeah, they honestly. don't.
2: They don't want to be just sold a product yeah. like fucking Justice League. Because
1: yeah, people will show up for that 100. You know, but like it won't resonate. Yeah, it then. won't. They stay. won't. There's they no won't connect. connect
0: power. Yeah. yeah. Also, Pamela Adlon is in that category too. Pamela better Adlon, things. and that's the only nomination for Better Things, which ah. was kind of surprising. Another thing, another big shocker to me. I haven't gotten around to watching it, but the deuce I was expecting to get a ton of love. Maggie Gyllenhaal is the only nomination that they have, which is really surprising to me. And also, the girl from 13 Reasons Why somehow got nominated in that category. Like, it's just, there's a lot of really big surprises in here that I was. Not expecting. I mean, at uh, all. Big Little
2: Lies won at the Emmys a lot, so I would expect it to win big okay. here too. If I'd have to pick a front runner,
1: I mean, I'm still gonna, you know, protest this over the snub that is Lego Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the biggest snub. <laughs> yeah, because no. Yeah, well, come on, this is the 75th it's a, it's a one. Fun movie, yeah, yeah. no, well, it's, it's a, yeah, best Batman movie ever. <laughs> zero zero sarcasm it is the best are batman are you fucking serious oh yeah i've seen that movie four times now oh, i really i, mean, I wow.
0: really love it a lot like i think it's a really really fun movie like
1: they get into like the batman mythos and everything they, yeah, there's but like it's, it's too ridiculous for me
0: oh, i mean i I, I enjoyed it i i really like i can't say I like it as much as the dark <laughs> the, the Night lego Nightmare. movie the dark well Night? even as much no it's no no okay better than no the it's, dark not, it's not it's oh. not better than the dark knight in my <laughs> opinion but dark knight oh <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Ray has takes. Hot take. So, hot. hot take
1: coming I in mean, here. I mean, we all hot. know, we all know Heath Ledger carried it. Like first, you just take him just take him all the way out. And then what are you left with? Maggie Gyllenhaal, China, Hey, Honk, Maggie Hong Gyllenhaal Kong. is
0: great. Don't you dare insult her. <laughs> no, 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 Gyllenhaal. she is, she is great. Sister not to the greatest man. actor
1: working right now. The Prince of Persia. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> As he's most well-known. Is that not his most iconic role? Yeah, yeah, definitely. From from the video game movie. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely
2: Middle Eastern, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) The most Persian actor. Why not? Yo, he's
1: representing all the Persians right now (laughs) my
2: God! All right, so we have another quick little bit of news here that has been – there's been some developments leading up to this that, you know, originally Ben Affleck was slated to write, direct, and star in the new solo Batman film. But then he slowly started dropping out of these roles until (laughs) now he's just starring with Matt Reeves directing from the Planet of the Apes movies. And now Matt Reeves is
0: saying that it's not a guarantee that Ben Affleck is going to star in this film. It's looking like he's going to – I mean – to be honest, one of my biggest takeaways from watching Justice League was... He's so been out. At, he <laughs> looks so like bored. He looks like he's so done with this shit. He just wants to not be part of this big corporation anymore, and he just wants to go back to doing things that aren't fucking being Batman and Bruce Wayne. Like, his Bruce Wayne is him playing himself. He's not even trying to put on a character, those scenes. I mean, honestly, he can go back to
1: making movies about, like, Boston or whatever. That's fine with me. Yeah, like, he
0: just... <laughs> I... I I've heard the the biggest uh, names that's popping up for a replacement for him is John Ham, which I don't know how John Ham how good John Ham's Batman would be, but I think he'd be an excellent uh, Bruce uh, Wayne.
1: They gotta stop. As long as he doesn't do the stupid voice, I don't care. Like, I don't just think stop with the,
2: gra- the gravel voice. I don't think he's gonna do it. I think they're gonna go for for someone young.
0: Yeah,
1: that's that's what I was gonna say. They should just get someone young. That's
0: but... what they should do. That's just when I've heard that name popping up on like lots of different websites and stuff. He is does John have Hamm. the jaw. He yeah, has the sure. jaw, but he doesn't have the body and yeah. he's Ronnie, dude. He said before in interviews that he would like love the opportunity to work as Batman. It'd be his so. biggest role. <laughs> yeah, <I> really would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's not really in movies. How no, he's a, he's a TV actor for the most part. Yeah. Wasn't you, he in the town? Was he John in the town? Hamm? Um, I, you know what? I think that he might have been the town. I'm not sure. He's got that same look. I can't really remember. John Mulaney would also make a good Batman. Just throw on that out. Oh, <laughs> Mulaney. John, yeah, John oh, Mulaney. my God. That's what DC needs to do. Is just turn this <laughs> into like Mulaney doing like a, a too much tuna bit the entire time. <laughs> what
2: about Chris Maloney?
0: Okay. I can, I can, see, I can yeah, see that. I can see yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He could do it. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he's, he's old, too. So Is there like a like a BuzzFeed? Like, 35 actors you want to see as Batman. <laughs> Mm. Take this quiz and find out which Batman you are. I mean, what was what is it? Tom Holland, Spider Man? They should they should just They really should go for a young Batman like Yeah, same thing. Go like, for go for the version of Batman Directly after the events of like Batman begins, where he's like really young and just like moving back into Gotham, he has these skills, but he's still trying to hone them and everything.
2: And introduce all the things that made uh Lego Batman so uh good for you it's yeah. like the whole Bat family and like all the villains, all the villain it can be funny,
0: it doesn't have to be dark and gritty again. Like, we've seen through Wonder Woman, like, you can make a movie about hope that's not just like drab and dreary and yeah, flat out boring but
2: but it's if it's going to be yeah. Matt Reeves it's going to have that dramatic gravitas like War for the Planet of the Apes is a very dreary and dark movie you know, he, it can be pulled off. It doesn't have to be like jokey Marvel.
1: Have you guys seen Batman year one by any chance? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah they year should, just do, yeah, they that, should just, actually, just do that. Yeah. That would just do that.
0: Yeah. That's, that's actually, it's a really good idea. I think has, that have Catwoman in there, the, kind the animated of, you know, Batman movies that have come out in recent so years have been to, under the red hood is like one of my favorite that, yeah. Batman movies ever, like ever told. Um, the killing joke was a bit of a disappointment for me. The killing joke in the general is like just a because weird story. The the killing joke leading up to that, that movie had so much hype because they're like, Oh my god, it's R-rated. Yeah. Like this is gonna be it's so animated. dark. It's and, the
1: Joker. Da, 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 da.
0: And it's basically it's recreating exact panels from the graphic novel. Didn't they change some it... things? Um
2: Didn't they change like a fundamental thing about well, the Joker's origin? The
1: ki- Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the whole thing about the Joker is you like they've changed his like they've retconned his origin so many times i mean that's what makes the dark knight yeah.
2: so good for me is that you don't yeah he yeah, does exactly. how i got these scars yeah, he, he he's so far gone that he doesn't even care about where he came from it's See, not that important did like to him that, yeah
1: yeah but again with like just just batman in general like just you know make it like any of the animated ones because all those are fucking just fire like all of them are like
2: the animated series is amazing oh yeah batman oh, yeah. Animated yeah. series
1: for sure but like even like the movies they've been coming out with, like they're all pretty much good.
2: Well, John Ham was in the town, so he was okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so there could be a town uh, Batman <laughs> crossover where Batman goes to Boston. <laughs>
0: what if, yeah, 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 to fight Ben? Gotham is actually <laughs> Boston. <that> <laughs> the guys. John Ham has to prevent the Boston. Uh, bombing. Boston bombing. Yeah. Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah. Get Jake
2: Gyllenhaal in there on a Mark Wahlberg will show up, show up. We we need a Boston cinematic M- universe. Matt Dillon.
0: Yes. Matt Matt Damon. <laughs> the, ghost Matt of, the ghost of the ghosts of Robin Williams. Yeah, it's oh my God. not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Oh my God. Can All right. We well, any other me. news you guys want to talk about? Um well I did see Because uh, D C also released um there they started to kind of release their lineups. I think it was at It might not have been Comic Con, but it was like one of those like events like that. And one of the big movies that was left off that list was Cyborg 2020. Rip. You got to be fucking kidding! So, me. Ernest, I hate to break this bad news to you, <laughs> no, but I, I don't believe it. Live <laughs> I don't believe you. Right here, guys. We might Live never reaction.
2: get that Cyborg movie that it, we always dreamed. It about. was announced for 2020. It has to come like out. Four
0: years ago, it was announced. It has to come out. I. I Black
1: Panther's coming out, they like, oh, never mind, we gotta scrap it. Gotta I don't know what it. I'm gonna <laughs> do with
2: myself if Cyborg doesn't come out in 2020 as it was announced in 2006.
1: They're dumb for not, <laughs> for not, like, biting off the wave that was the Teen Titans animated series, because oh, that's shit. easy Well, money. they're, they're that's... making,
2: I think that's one of the new CW
1: shows, Yeah, no, I they're know doing they're a live like action. A, the Titans show, but yeah. it's like, they could have easily made it a movie and just done literally just the show, because people our age especially like that's because it's a great show cyborg is not actually a part of like the original teen Titans, like comic wise like he's like like way older yeah and then like only until the show happened then they brought him into like the teen Titans thing in the comics same thing with harley quinn harley quinn was only a character in like the batman animated series but she was so popular they put her in the comics wow like, I'm so I'm saying like these shows and shit like they have like resonating power because oh, like, yeah. people like literally grew up with it. And it's like if you're trying to make your easy money, it's right there. Well, Margo,
2: Margot Robbie with um Harley Quinn, she I don't even think she knows what her contract is. Oh, because yeah. she's been
0: talking <laughs> about all these like separate three movies. different movies and also, it's like, like confusing every time she talks and about And also it. on that thing I saw, there was no announcement of any of the Harley Quinn Joker uh, projects. There was an announcement there for Suicide Squad 2, which Ooh. we all asked for. Jeez. Um, another thing was Bring I saw that Diablo. Uh, before we're even getting a cyborg movie, since that is either in the works or being scrapped or whatever, we're getting a Shazam movie.
2: Yeah, with uh,
0: Zachary Rock. Levi. Yeah. No, well, I just the, don't understand the order that they're releasing these in. It makes no sense. You just got to get him out <laughs> yeah. at this point. I like, feel
2: like The Rock wants to play Black Adam, so yeah. it would make sense to put him in that movie. But he, the man, is so busy that they just don't even know if they'll be able to fit him Speaking, into the schedule.
1: You saw the Rampage trailer? Oh, Have you yeah. guys ever played Rampage? <laughs> the yeah, arcade game. Yeah, you didn't see this trailer? No, I didn't. They showed I it before the it. last Jedi. I did today. not oh, know God. that was a thing. Like I one time like through a whole night I beat that whole game like just off my N64 because I couldn't save for some reason but anyways <laughs> they're making a like that's so wild do you know I mean, the, like, the
0: premise Hunter? no I don't okay so this is a game <laughs> is it just like the game? like do you know the? This, you know yeah, the yeah, game no, I know game. I know okay. Rampage yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's
2: literally the game like, yes. is it going to be
0: the greatest video game movie ever made? <laughs> probably I mean the only no, that's real Jumanji. difference <laughs> is the gorilla <laughs> is
1: uh, white now and pink white oh, and God, pink like no, that's no, the only no difference Yeah, there's like Oh, more there, humans in
2: there's a line at the end of the trailer where uh, Dwayne, uh the rock is like <laughs> he's like i knew that something was mi- I, the only yeah. thing that was missing was a giant
1: crocodile just about that. <laughs> What? as long as they have a shot of uh, like an old like grandma getting squished by one of them that's all i need i'll yeah. watch it i'll give my and money the, the
2: beginning of the trailer is just like he rescues this gorilla and he starts like growing and the gorilla's like growing in size and he's like the rock is like I need to know what's happening to my friend
0: yeah. <laughs> the chemicals are affecting him he got why,
1: sprayed in the face
0: why does The Rock make the decisions that he makes in which movies he's going to money. do like, yeah, I, money I get it but like he could be like an A-list celebrity no if he, he is, really wanted, like he is he is but for like schlock movies he's not like, a good actor
2: and he knows
0: it yeah maybe that's what it all is yeah like, he he's knows, not trying to win off. he's not trying to do anything that's actually pushing himself he's just doing schlock Yeah, we well, can just Rampage was all Huge. shot
2: in front of a green screen, so that's super <laughs>
1: same easy. Same with the uh, like, from paid. the makers of San Andreas or whatever that other yeah, disaster movie. He just makes disaster movies. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Well, ah, um, Jesus Christ.
2: I mean, hopefully he'll be our next president. So yeah, I don't know.
1: he'll <laughs> yeah. he'll fight any like yo like global warming. He's got it taken care of. He knows what to do in <laughs> situations. So I want him saying. to punch Trump out of office. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, as long as he looks like how he does in the Fast and Furious movies where he has no neck and he's just like a god of traps and just like...
2: <laughs> do, do you guys know that Trump was on WWE at one point? Yeah. So,
0: yo,
1: so was Hillary Clinton. She was? Yeah. Oh, shit.
0: She's like,
2: you
1: can call me well, the Hillrod. <laughs> Verbatim. Oh, I definitely oh recommend... God. Yeah. God all this of all of these are, yeah all of these all of these worlds collide guys well a, yeah a, so I, think... I
0: hate this world that we live in <laughs> i think the rock ne- this is a world with 20 more dc movies <laughs> and donald trump is our president i want to die the, the rock needs
2: it. to challenge donald trump to a rematch in the ring hell in the cell <laughs> hell in the cell <laughs> for, yeah, for all 2020. the 2020
0: <laughs> i mean eventually this is how we're gonna pick
1: our president yeah, just that SmackDown. Yeah, I, I really know. want to rewatch
0: <laughs> *Idiocracy* because I feel like that movie it would have like a whole new meaning now. Yeah, like Terry cruz's character, just watching it and the state that we live in oh, with God. everything that's Support happening. Support Terry
1: cruz also. <laughs> He's got a lot going on. Yeah, about, yeah, 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 for
0: real,
2: guy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into what we've been watching. I just want to give a quick shout out to Twin Peaks, because I'm trying to catch up <laughs>
3: yes. to watch The
2: Return before our list episode, and Mr. Robot, which just aired its season finale the other night. I haven't seen it yet, but this third season has been incredible. I really recommend you guys watch this show. It's so good. It's about hackers, but it's also about the state of our world and our country and heard our economy. I like
1: cheesy hacking also, which is...
2: Well, it it, it focuses less and less on the actual hacking and more on like the psychosis of the main character and just how crazy he is and why he like one of the main plot points that drives not just the first season, but the ramifications leading into seasons two and three is this hack that brings down one of the biggest conglomerates in the world, which is uh, called E Corp or Evil Corp in, in the show so this is like an amalgamation of bank of america walmart and apple Mm. pretty much and they hack it and they bring about like the the end of the world essentially just by hacking a a conglomerate and erasing everyone's debt so it's like it's it's these these this group of hackers that wants to be that want to do good and that want to fight for the little guy but in doing so, they just ruin everyone's lives, and it's it. There is a huge, huge twist in the first season, and then a, a second twist in the second season that tries to follow up. Mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting to see if this finale in season three does the same thing again. I don't think it's going to, but it does dive deeper and deeper into the main character of uh, Elliot, of the guy that Rami Malek plays, mm-hmm. and you really like the show hinges so much on his performance because you're in his head pretty much the whole time I, I mean the it does jump around other characters but you're pretty much in his head the whole time and you follow his thoughts and there's a lot of voiceover and narration just hearing what's in his head but it works for what this show is trying to do just to put you in the perspective of this crazy mm-hmm. guy crazy <laughs> hacker guy essentially it's a great show
1: no I've, I mean I've only heard good things about it I've also heard like is pretty good music in it from what i've heard like, that's
2: honestly one of my favorite things about the show that's like is the most the,
1: random compliment i keep hearing the music the, yeah. the
2: songs that they choose to put in are you think they're like just from kind of out of nowhere and mm. i don't know a lot of the songs but sometimes i'll recognize a song and i'm like holy shit like yeah. did they just look
0: in my spotify what <laughs> I'm listening to,
2: and put it in this show like what? They hack your Spotify. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the music changes per person based on what you're. Like. I'm a listener. There's gonna be like Cohe playing.
2: <laughs> well, one of the songs in season two uh, that is during a really big moment is um, uh, that Phil Collins song that I'm so into. I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, "Take Me Home, Take Me Home" by Phil Collins. I love that song because of Mr. Robot because the scene that it plays in is so just amazing like it's just such Mm -hmm. a good moment and the song like you wouldn't think it fit that moment but the way it's incorporated it just makes it so memorable you know like when you hear a song in a movie or a show and it kind of like makes you rethink what that song is all about each time you listen to it kind of like um in that black mirror episode san junipero the um the who knew heaven was a place on earth like that's literally what the episode is about so every time i listen to that song it's like i just think of san
1: Perro. see and like i usually don't like when i hear about like tv shows usually them picking like actual songs is not like a thing ever really you know like there's there's never like a good soundtrack for a show unless it's like atlanta yeah oh oh, oh my god which is you know more musically like based though but like this is like all about like hacking and it's got like really good music. So that's what like, yeah, always piqued my interest. I mean,
2: it's Sam Esmail and he's, you know, he went to um, the American film Institute to study directing and Mm -hmm. he's just very detail oriented, which I love. Like I love filmmakers who just labor over every detail to try to make it as perfect as possible.
1: That's the shit, especially when you like, don't, when they know that people aren't going to notice it because that's when you really know they actually care. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm going to put this in maybe five people will see it. And that's all I need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I'm going to be one of those five people. Exactly. <laughs> and I,
2: I think that Mr. Robot is just the perfect show for me because it, it is theatrical in the best ways over the top in the best ways. And it just makes all these bold choices that I'm so on board with. I mean, Everything from the music to the acting to the camera movement to the editing—like it's just so right up my alley that I I love this show so much. It's great, Dude. really recommend it. How many it's, seasons is it now? It's uh, it's three right now. The one that just wrapped up is three, and oh, it's boy. renewed for a fourth on USA. Um, but it is on Amazon Prime. Oh, perfect. So, yes. yeah. So it's on there if you want yeah, to catch it. Yeah, I
0: need to catch I only I saw half of the first season like a couple years ago. You didn't
2: make it to the twist.
0: No, I know. Oh. I, I, I really loved what I watched, but then it just kind of got like lost. And then I went a couple months and I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to remember everything. Yeah. And it just kind of got like forgotten well, about. Once but.
2: you get to the twist uh, of season one, it you you're you're in yeah like it it makes you rethink everything that you've seen and it's it's just one of those like really big like hits you in the fucking chest
0: (laughs) one thing uh uh, quickly because you said that you're also catching up on twin peaks i just want to make sure that before you start watching the new season watch fire walk with me fire walk with (laughs) the film yeah fire walk with me has more of an influence on the newest season of twin peaks than the original show does Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like you, it's a must that you like have to see Firewalk with me or else it's not a must, but it helps so much. You I'm see gonna... these char- David Bowie's character and all these like things that are really important to the new series that aren't really ever addressed because the new, the, the movie deals with more of like, uh, what happened before Laura Palmer's death and the like intricacies of the red lodge and things like that. Which More shit, like mythology right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's 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 hard to describe without actually getting into yeah. like specific things about it. But yeah, just want to make that point. You, I'm, gonna, uh,
2: I'm gonna need to borrow that blue. Oh, I
0: got you, dog. <laughs> have you uh you been watching
1: anything, Ray? Well, I've been watching honestly all the stuff I have watched has not been the greatest. I've watched all the uh, Marvel Netflix shows just because. Uh, just So, I can tell people to not do it. Did, pretty- you, <laughs> did you like finish Punisher? The only one I have not finished, and this is like saying something because it is so bad, is Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I, Iron, I, oh my ugh, God.
0: I could not even bear to. I watch think I've done episode. like five
1: episodes. I don't even remember. They all literally just blend in together because it is an origin story, but every episode is the same origin story. Oh, I feel uh, like there's uh, li- like no progress. Like, it could have been like a, like a, Movie and it would have gotten a lot more done than a whole show. Like I don't understand why they don't just episodes. do that. Episodes like oh that's yeah, God. it's my thing. It's just it's so wild. Why uh, does it have to be thirteen <laughs> hours? Like what the fuck? They are they are all very long episodes. Like especially like I just finished the Punisher like a, a couple weeks ago. That must have been tough. It was very tough because yeah. especially they get into this whole like, which I kind of like got a little bit because they're like talking about like veterans and guns rights and stuff, but they don't want to get too too into it. And I'm just like, yo, either go all the way or fucking or just don't, don't touch like, it. Yeah, yeah don't There's touch no it. There's
0: no point in doing like a half-assed message. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, <laughs> I
2: love John Bernthal, and I was yes, I was no. excited for his performance because I I did genuinely enjoy Daredevil season two, and he all he got did the there. show
1: all off being in Daredevil. Like, yeah, they like they push back other shit so he can get the show, and I was just like you should not have done that. Yeah. Like they should not.
2: Well, like, I mean, they should have, but not 13
1: hours. Yeah. Of it. Oh no, no, no. it could know, have been like a mini Yeah. These, these would all work much, much better as a mini series, especially seeing as they're all like kind of just like street level crime type thing. And that's like more like a fucking like NCIS type of thing, almost like, you know, like short to the point, they figure stuff out, boom, 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 but also get in like the really like comic book parts of it also. Cause that's the thing about Punisher it is just like shooting. Like,
0: yeah. there's no
2: like. I feel like Punisher works best when he's hanging out in other people's exactly. stories. Right, because no. he's his sure. own thing. He's kind
0: of an unredeemable character. Like, he's a murderer. Like, a like yeah, he he's loves straight to kill. up murder. Like,. He's not like all these other guys who are just trying to stop bad guys. And he's like, oh, like Daredevil is just like, I don't kill. Like, I just try and like subdue for the law. Yeah. He's just a lawyer. Um, What did you think of the Defenders? The
1: Defenders? All right. They should have definitely not called the Defenders because the Defenders in the comics is actually like Doctor Strange, the whole Silver Surfer. And they're like more (laughs) like a cosmic level doing stuff. Mm -hmm. They should have just done Heroes for Hire, which is literally Luke's cage, Luke Cage's team in the comics where they are just... It's a better name. Yeah, it's a much better... It's more fitting name, Heroes for Hire, because that's, like, literally what Jessica Jones does. And, like... And even Misty Knight is an actual part of Heroes for Hire, so is Iron Fist. Like, this is whole, like, actual thing in the comics. So that kind of irked me, especially since they fight, like, ninjas. And they not only just fight ninjas, but they made it boring to fight ninjas, which is... The hand? Yeah, the hand, which is kind of like, come
2: on, like... What does Sigourney Weaver do? Because I watched the first episode, and I was not interested at all to keep watching
1: so spoilers please don't watch it just <laughs> just don't watch it, it. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter um, sigourney weaver is part of the hand there's like five fingers to the hand these guys have lived for like ever and they're essentially just trying to continue living forever how how through just uh like there's a is that does that tie into iron fist yeah it ties and, like, into the iron fist, and, like, where he's from could okay. and everything even though in iron fist they never showed it <laughs> they never go back like they go back but it's not there because like you have to like go at like a certain time or some shit and like to see it (laughs) yeah god but like it is all of iron fist by the way is just flashbacks of his parents dying like on the air on the airplane his parents die in a car or an airplane crash and it is he just has pts for the whole series like that is it but things that i have been watching that are good i haven't finished it yet but i was talking about before glow glow is really good like Entertaining. It's very, very funny. Like it's not like, like I said before, it's not like forced like feminist tropes type thing. It's just all of them are doing their own shit. I think they all do their own stunts too, which is pretty cool because they like really do get into it sometimes. Is that a shorter season? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I it's don't like know 10, exactly a- how 10. many episodes. Yeah, we're me Indy and I have almost like done with it. Shout out to India, my girlfriend right behind me, just real quick. She's <laughs> she's been, you know, roughing it. I like it, I appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> but uh yeah no i mainly watch um i'm a youtube guy honestly i love watching uh just just lore videos about stuff whether it be like star wars because i don't really like care about star wars but there's so much shit like that goes on in like the books and everything that is extended universe a million times more interesting do you you have
0: uh favorite channels uh channels
1: for yeah uh comics definitely check out just comics explained that Mm -hmm. guy like Oh yeah, I know that. Marvel, like anything, like I would just like binge through that. Also, what culture they have like a that's just a comics section, which is also good. And like the like, have you guys ever movie Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is awesome. He will like. Those are like some good ass reviews. He'll like do like more like think pieces also on like how to like improve certain shows, which he sometimes has some good points. The only thing I don't agree with him though is he didn't like Spider Man Homecoming.
2: Damn,
1: like yeah, because I'd watch like a bunch of his videos, and he like always said was like, "Oh, it wasn't good." Da, da da Before I watched it, and then I watched it with not that great expectations because of that, and I loved it. Like, I, that's a good movie. That's yeah. a good movie. Like, yeah, I mean, good.
0: there there could be like plenty of like uh, Red Lair Media is one of my favorite YouTube channels, but sometimes I like vastly disagree with some of their yeah. opinions on reviews and stuff because it's kind of just two really cynical guys, and I appreciate <laughs> their cynical opinions about everything, but sometimes I'm like. You know what? I want to just have fun with something, and I yeah. I just want to have a good time. So, what have you been watching, Hunter? Um, <clears throat> before we take a break, I just wanted to uh, <laughs> talk about um, this uh, a new Netflix show that I've been watching uh, called Dark. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it at all. It's a, a yeah, sh- I've heard it's
2: a Stranger Things esque story. Oh, okay, it's like
0: it's like, it's like Stranger Things if Stranger Things was willing to take risks. Oh. Because it's <laughs> yeah. it's truly like there's some parts that are genuinely pretty horrifying. Um I don't really want to get into any kind of a specifics because I highly recommend that you guys watch How it. How long
2: is the season?
0: Uh it seven t- episodes, oh, eight episodes. Great. Oh, yeah. Great. That that it's awesome. All of them are like forty five <laughs> to nice. fifty five minutes. I love that. <laughs> like it's very, very easy to watch through. Um I've seen the first couple episodes and I love it. Like, there's some shots that have kind of stuck with me. Like, they're almost like nightmarish. If you're a person who gets easily, like, spooked or just, like, uncomfortable by watching, like, horrifying things, like, it's probably not the best show for you just because it is genuinely, like, a creepy show. It's German. Um, oh, yes. is it in German? Well, okay. So I'm watching it uh, dubbed right now, which usually I'm always a sub guy, but I... Oh, is this uh, the option on Netflix? Yeah. Ooh. Well, it automatically comes in dubbed, um, but okay. you can do subs. Okay. Um, which I've just heard, like, everybody said that, like, the American dubbing was actually really good job, and they... They do use certain German words and stuff like that, so it's not, like, really generic. Because, you know, whenever you're watching dub stuff, they mm. just, like, kind of Americanize certain yeah. phrases and
1: stuff like that. It's the German cocoa. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> no, but... um it's it's a great show. I really can't wait to finish it. So far, after watching the first two episodes, I love it. I think it might even be in my top ten shows of the year. Whoa! Like, because I, I mean, you got to finish it. Though. I had to finish it, <laughs> but so far, I'm in love with it. I'm a huge horror buff. Like I love scary shit, and Same. this is it's a show that excels in a classical horror way that doesn't uh, take you through jump scares and cheap scares and stuff like that. And it's truly about making you really uncomfortable and questioning everything that's happening. The opening shot of the entire series is you see a character hang himself. Ooh, like you see him like set up the chair and everything. And there's a Fuck. shot, a shot that lingers on a family photo and you see him in it and you see him hang himself.
2: Yeah so if you're not on it's, board from that yeah you know, it's, it's not the it's show for you it's fucking
0: like dark it is it the perfect know, though, name for it like it that is how you know like whether or not this show is for you it's really really like creepy and unsettling um yeah, I just I, I highly recommend it it's to everyone. 10
2: 10 episodes. 10 episodes, all around 50 minutes.
0: Yeah, but it's it's still very very easy to watch. It's not, it doesn't drag or anything like that. It's not a show that you have to binge through, but it's a show that you it's it's bingeable. Yeah. I've been trying to kind of take my time with it. Also um I've been trying to uh, plow through the rest of the leftovers as we said before uh, the new for the before the future. The future. Before the non-existent fourth season comes out.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I love The Leftovers, so I'm I'm excited for you to get to the meat of it. Yeah,
0: whenever uh, I finish, I feel like we're just going to have to do a whole episode catch-up on The Leftovers just yeah, to discuss. Yeah, there's
2: so much to talk about. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and when we get back... We're going to be getting into our review of Star Wars the Last Jedi when Drew materializes. hopefully he said he would materialize <laughs> soon oh, so I I'm see. just' going to astro project over here he's
0: wiping the tears from his eyes yeah golden globe nom, So I think he's coming he, back. he's
2: slowly fading into into space here he's, he's really like, happy
1: with <laughs> the boss baby nom. He, <laughs> he's blinking in and out of existence right now oh also just real quick to address all the uh, the haters um, pop culture is. Not just movies. It's a lot of things. So you guys can keep doing it. <laughs> so talk, you know
0: what? Talk literally
1: about everything. You know
0: what, Colin? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Colin. Music is pop culture. Okay. <laughs> Yo, Get like, yourself some culture. Listen to Books or
1: pop culture. Like You can just review books. This could be like a book club. Art. Just, yeah. Illustration. Art, yeah. yeah we Graphic should, design. We should just
0: discuss art on the podcast without draw. without actually having a picture of it. Just, <laughs> we'll you, just describe the way that art makes us feel. All of
1: you guys paint something and then you just each explain your painting. And that's and we'll never Three
0: hours of that. That's true. And Okay. how This would be a thought experiment. We'll draw something and then describe our feelings for it and ask our listeners to Draw what we drew. There you go, right there.
2: Drew yeah. Dietz.en <laughs> We'll be back. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Fried Pork. <laughs> Get your deep fried pork here. <laughs> Yum. Yum like looking piece of shit. we wee
2: bada mics, we butter Mikes a better Mikes a better
0: Mikes are better than Mike's are better Mikes are better Mike's are, are better Friends are better with Mike's are my better with friends are better with
3: Mike's are better
2: we, we are better a friends. Friends. Are better. We, are better weeks. We bought a mic. We bought a mic. <laughs> we bought a mic.
0: <laughs> Is this Seed Headrest or Bob
2: Dylan? Hello. Or Casablanca. And welcome to We Bought a Mic. <laughs> well, m- welcome to the halfway point of We Bought a Mic.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. second
2: theme song.
4: <laughs> All the good podcasts do that. Yeah. They have a different one every episode
2: and two per episode. Sometimes we are back from the break and we're here to talk more of what we've been watching and get to our review of Star Wars The Last Jedi. All right.
4: So what is Mars attacks? <laughs>
2: And who did see it?
0: Okay, I saw Mars Attacks. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it or are familiar with it. Um, it's a Tim Burton classic movie. It's always, I've like heard about it, but I've never actually gotten a chance to see it before. It's well, like you're very, a, you're a it's Burton comedy, boy. it's comedy sci-fi. I would not call myself a Burton boy. But okay. It's okay.
4: I, you wear a, a cute Jack Skellington hoodie everywhere
0: you go. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> no, but uh, this was like one of... The last Tim Burton movies that was good, I would say. And then he's had a couple good ones. I'm a big fan of Sweeney Todd... But that's like his last really good movie, so and then after ap- a cartoon. No, no, no! It's not a cartoon. Um, this cast is outrageous. I was about to read the cast to you guys because let me just run through some of these names. We have Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan playing like the head of the science pe- people at of America. The science people of <laughs> the America. The science people of America. Danny DeVito's in here. Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox. Tom Jones playing himself. Nice. And not only that, I think the MVP of this movie is Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown <laughs> is in here, what and he's fuck? playing a retired boxer. Basically, he's just playing himself because Jim Brown is a horrible actor. Yeah. Either also, but, either
4: way, CTE is going to set it. <laughs> so
0: no, he but here just this point because. Everybody's like telling him he's like trying to be recruited. At this point, he like works in a Vegas strip and they're trying to like recruit him to like beat up some bad guys to or beat up some guys to like get their money back, and he's like, I told you, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't do that outside the ring. And <laughs> there's a point in here. They're like, well, put where, you in the ring. Because of course, I should give the kind of synopsis of this movie. It's basically aliens come to Earth and in like a Close Encounters kind of a way, except it's a total parody of Close Encounters. So we have these Martians arrive to Earth. They set up the whole Close Encounters thing where they try and communicate with these alien creatures. And it all goes horrible because the Martians just want to basically wipe out the human race. And it is a comedy, so it's all meant to be super comical. I will say the... The way that they make these aliens, I don't know if you've, if you guys have a picture oh, pulled know, up of it's them, all but like
1: practical Yeah, it and
0: looks awesome. It looks really, really cool and really good. And it's just, it's hilarious. Best part of the movie was um, they're trying to escape because this all takes place in like multiple places around the country, like breaking in, and uh, you see Jim Brown um, throw down this laser gun and just start. <laughs> punching like 50 aliens. He just gets in a brawl with like 50, just punching through their helmets. That's and shit. how it American would happen. Yeah. That's no. yeah. exactly how Jack I mean. Nicholson <laughs> is in a dual role in this movie as both the president and also like the owner of a sleazy motel in Vegas. Like in... Like a hotel casino. Different costumes for each? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's playing like a totally two different, different characters. Character. Yeah, he's playing two completely different characters. <laughs> Why? There's no <laughs> way
2: that these aliens are practical this is really bad cgi
0: <laughs> it's not no it's not cgi
2: it's um what this looks how did they make them look like this this looks like very dated
0: cgi it looks amazing i'm just going to say like if you like actually watch it how is it- that real it's really cool. It's some also Watch, like, I know a there's a lot of it. animatronics. It's yeah, it's
1: animatronics. Oh, okay. Yeah. I,
2: see, I see some screen Yeah, drops. I don't know if you guys... Okay. Yeah, this... You've probably seen like, like
0: a
1: lot of people with these tattoos and you probably didn't notice because they're like... It's kind of like they were going for that generic, like alien, like fifties. People have this tattooed a lot. Oh yeah, Mars Attack is like got a big cult following.
0: Yeah, no, that's why. Like, I was talking with, um, shout out to my manager Kylie was the one who actually let me borrow the DVD of this movie because Ooh DVD. Yeah, (laughs) Kylie and uh, Ross were just like talking and they kept like making references to it and I was like, you know, I've never actually seen that movie and they were like, what? Do you even call yourself a cinephile? Oh my god, it's that's Rocky not Moore-esque, exactly. That's honestly. that's
2: paraphrasing. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they use a lot more adult language than that.
4: Yeah, you say like movies. Yeah, you like the movies. <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah, you were right. There's an
4: unbelievable amount of tattoos.
0: Yeah, no, it's <laughs> and it. it's kind of funny because this movie was not well received at oh, all because no. people like didn't get it. Like they didn't get it. it was like supposed to be like all a farce and like just satiring this whole sci-fi genre like it has a 52 Metascore, 6.3 on imdb like it is not well received but i found i i enjoyed it a lot yeah. i thought it was really good
2: so the only way to watch it is on dirty dirty dvd um there might be a blu-ray out
0: to be honest <laughs> i don't know it's on amazon actually too vhs uh, amazon prime? video yeah. oh wait
2: do i have to pay for it or is it on prime
0: um let's see well you can rent it for 2.99 yeah or Excellent. you can buy it for 9.99 well okay. So there's that someone, so
4: Someone on Pinterest made a quick list called 61 best Mars attacks tattoos <laughs>
2: <laughs> 61 Whoa, Who are you? You just appeared here during the break
4: uh, uh, hey Oh guys. my god
2: Drew's back he just vanished Or or, or what's he the opposite of vanished? Sh- I appeared. had the early shift appeared? at my restaurant That appeared? opened at <laughs> 5pm He yeah. dissolved into into matter here He
0: just like sat in the corner while we were talking About how shitty the Golden Globes are Actual yeah. projection yeah. And it,
2: it as we can all remember, uh, Hunter, you talked about Dark and the Leftovers before the break. So, oh, I, yes. I love that. Yeah. That so, Drew, what what have you been watching?
4: <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I finally got around to seeing the Marvel movie that I hadn't seen this year. And honestly, probably maybe the only Marvel movie that I hadn't seen, period. Uh, Spider-Man
1: Homecoming. I just saw it, too. Really? For the first time, right? Mm-hmm. What did nice. you think of it? I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going like, to. Me too. Okay. More. Audience spoiler alert
2: for Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> if you have not seen it, go see it uh, and skip this little section. It's been out for a while. Yeah, I it's mean, been out for a long. it's yeah, a Marvel idiot.
0: movie. Everybody's already seen it. Come on. But um, yeah,
2: spoiler alert. Let's let's talk about this. So, yeah, I was a big big
4: I liked it a a good bit more than I like Thor Ragnarok. Honestly, I thought it was very cohesive. Like it was a cohesive movie while it still had a lot of Marvel shit going on that was kind of obligatory. Uh, they worked it in in a good way. I'm a big I'm a Tom Holland fan after this movie. <laughs> like I I think he did a great job. Uh, I love Michael Keaton. I thought they did an okay job of making him a sympathetic villain. I
0: think he
2: may be the best Marvel villain. Oh yeah,
0: I, I agree. I think right that he's he's definitely. Yeah. I think he's my favorite and. The twist that comes that connects those two storylines is so good. Yeah, I genuinely it's, wasn't seeing it coming when he opens the door and it's uh, her dad. I'm yeah. surprised
1: it didn't get spoiled for me because I like I just saw it, like maybe two weeks ago and I was like, yeah, not still told me surprised. About this? I was, yeah. Like, yeah, I was cool. shocked.
4: Yeah, and I that usually honestly doesn't really happen in Marvel movies. They usually yeah. don't take turns like that where it's like, oh fuck.
2: Yeah it It was like genuinely one of the best moments yeah. in movies this yeah. year uh
4: a v club just released a list of their top film scenes of the year and the uh driving to proms or homecoming scene when he drops oh, them gosh. off made the list. yeah, it's so
0: good, it's so like cringy almost it it reminds you kind of of like high school just like. Imagine those stakes of riding in the car with like your date's father or something like that, and escalate it to a whole nother level because they're two like superhuman type people Literally, fighting against each other. Gun. Literally, yeah. <laughs> pointing <laughs> a gun, gun at your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: I thought I thought it did pretty good with uh, the dialogue of the high schoolers. Not great, but like it's really easy to make that a cringe fest oh, if yeah. if it's because usually an older person writing, you know, the script. Uh, but they did a they did a good job with it. Not as good as like something like Lady Bird or American Vandal, but it wasn't
0: annoying. It is miles better than what we had as far as high school dialogue in the Amazing Spider Man movies. Oh yeah, because after rewatching those, like there are some good points, especially in the first Amazing Spider Man movie. But it's so hard. Everybody talks about how Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone had like all this great like chemistry because they were dating at the time. But I found their chemistry to be like horrendous in that movie. Like they had lots, horrendous. They had horrendous. No, they had lots of scenes where the it was like comedic and cute because they were just like, Oh, were you gonna say something no, were were you gonna say something? Oh, mm. no, never mind, nothing. <laughs> Slides in for a kiss and you're like, That feels so cheap and unearned. Like yeah. I there's not like real like I get it's cute, like look at that, like two high schoolers, but it comes out as like really underwritten.
4: Yeah. I, I I think the romantic aspect was pretty good in this because there was not really much of a romantic story yeah. going on, really. It was overshadowed by the work he
2: had to do. Um, I was, the romance was between him and Tony Stark.
0: Yeah. True. Which I, I will say quickly, I think that's one of my biggest criticisms of this movie is that it cannot. you can't evaluate this movie as an independent film because it doesn't exist without the 17 Marvel movies that came before it without all this establishment of Tony Stark as Iron Man, as this guy who took Spider-Man under his wing. He's always calling for Tony Stark whenever he needs help or he gets in a pickle. Yeah, also Jon Favreau in there, in yeah.
2: the mix. <laughs> well, one thing I really appreciated about this film is that it manages to tell the Spider-Man origin without showing Uncle Ben. Yeah, same. Or showing issue. the origin. Yeah, well, it, it's like... It's not as much the origin of him becoming Spider-Man as it is the origin of him becoming a superhero. Yeah. Like, he's had the powers, but he hasn't learned how to be a hero. Like, he keeps fucking up throughout the whole movie. And yeah. he, like, he keeps getting away with it, almost. Yeah, that like, was... There's no consequence See, to his mistakes. I was watching it
4: with Allison, and midway through, she said, like, he just keeps fucking shit up. And then he faces consequences, eventually. He gets the suit taken away and everything. Mm. Uh, which I thought was really good, because a lot of the time in those hero movies... Uh, They just completely destroy shit, and there's no repercussions. Um, This is another way that Marvel fixed that was in uh, Civil War. Yes. When the villain was born out of the destruction they caused in Sokovia. I thought that was a great, great, great addition, because it is an issue that a lot of superhero movies face.
2: What did you guys think of the actual suit and how it had like an Iron Man artificial intelligence powering it It was
1: true to the comics for some point because during civil war he does get an iron man suit mm. it looks way different than the one he has like even in the uh in the infinity trailer the and iron got, like, spider iron, yeah yes. it's like yeah. Uh, gold and red in the actual comics it's got like really big like mandible or like legs that come out from the back also yeah but, but i mean like It's still, like, pretty cool. It's, like, a little bit extra, which I'm glad they didn't, like, focus too much on, like, him actually figuring it all out. He, like, kind of got the cool shit at the end. It was, like doing what he could with it yeah that's true
4: they had the fun little scene where he's uh locked in that warehouse and he's just kind of figuring out what does this thing do yeah. that was fun and also had a, a really good joke in there where like he like a bunch of shit happens and he's like how long have we've
0: been here 37 minutes <laughs> <laughs> that actually did make me I'm laugh i'm such a millennial kind of I, <laughs> I, a I attention span <laughs> but like they captured peter parker like no other like i mean i love the first two Sp- sam raimi spider-man movies but they like Sam Raimi didn't really care about telling Peter Parker's story as a high schooler. He wanted to get in and out of high school as fast as he could. So he could get onto Peter working at the daily bugle and all these like more adult Spider-Man things. And Tom Holland is like the perfect young Spider-Man character.
4: Yeah. I I really dug Tom Holland. And even though he is like older, he's like, he's like our age, I'm pretty sure. But he, he does, you know, he He looks like like a baby. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And he's very, I mean, he's a talented actor. Um, Script wise, it had a couple things that bothered me, just just little inconsistencies. Like uh, when he, they're at the party, him and his best friend, and then uh, you know Spider Man has to leave and go, you know, do some shit, and then he calls his friend. He's like, "Hey, I'm coming back," and he's like, "I don't think you should listen to this." And then like they're all chanting like "Fuck Peter Parker." Or <laughs> um, that doesn't make any sense because why wouldn't he just come back as Spider Man and be like, "Yeah, I'm Peter's best friend," then come back as Peter Parker and everyone loves him mm. again. Like there was. That was a false dilemma. And that happens a lot in scripts. They create false dilemmas because they
2: have to. I think he just felt like time was of the essence in that situation. Because he saw... um, What was he going after? What did he see?
1: He like saw like the It was like an arms explosion Going right? on. Yeah Cause yeah. those people Were trying to like ele- yeah. The shocker or whatever yeah. He was trying to like Sell guns Yeah but like Donald He went Glover. and did
4: all that And then it was over And he was like Hey I'm on the way back And he's like Don't even bother bro Oh right right <laughs> <laughs> Too late to prove You're the coolest guy In the fucking world He could
2: have just Come back and fixed it In five minutes <laughs>
0: what,
4: did,
2: like, what did you guys think Of uh, Donald Glover's Two scenes
0: I think that Bring he's him actually, back Yeah Bring no I back. think that He's going to come back In some role Because in the comics um, He plays Is it Prowler that's his character. Yeah. Because he's. Miles Morales. Yeah, Miles Morales' uh, uncle. uncle yeah. So they really could. They o- they've they opened up the door that Donald Glover's character could return in the future. I would love to see him come back.
1: You guys hear Spider Verse? Do you guys see the trailer oh, for that? Oh, yeah. the animated film? Yeah, it's coming out in like not until next <laughs> year, intense. but I don't
0: know, like. If it's actually like
1: canon, because it says no. Marvel, it says like you know, oh, it's not.
2: It's not MCU canon. It's oh. um, I don't think Disney is involved in that film at all. I think it's all Sony, because oh. they they didn't sell Spider-Man to Disney. They're just letting him like, yeah, yeah. Like participate, like yeah. 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 So they still have the rights to make
1: that film. See, it also own. had a uh, what is it. Vince Staples song During that trailer just Oh my like God. The Black Panther one I And the
2: like, um, Pacific Rim 2
1: really? Oh yeah, yeah
2: Vince yeah, Staples yeah. popping up yeah, in He's, so he's getting many, his money yeah, yeah Selling it Are
4: any of you guys Going to his show
2: We're yeah. trying
0: Yeah I'm Oh trying. yeah No Tyler and Vince Oh I Tyler and Vince yeah. As, as long as it
2: doesn't sell out I'll, I'll probably grab the money Yeah, yeah I want to try to I
4: just can't Until after Christmas I can't get it ticket. Yeah it's One of my
1: favorite albums Of the year Yeah exactly
2: Um. But yeah I was a big
4: fan Of Spider-Man Homecoming I uh, Hunter asked me Previously If I would put it Above Guardians 2 And I Honestly I still don't know They're mm-hmm. right They're hovering around The same mm-hmm. number Like quantity That I would give Each of them I
1: can't It is for sure Top 5 for me I was really surprised yeah. I was like Not looking Like forward to really Watching it I mean I didn't I even like, See it in theaters You didn't yeah. either Yeah Wait top top 5 of the year No no for like they come out this year Really Yeah mm-hmm. Oh wow Early This year is too long It's been a long year <laughs> <laughs> yeah, A lot of movies end. this yeah. year <laughs> Um no, top 5 Marvel movies for sure. Yeah. Spider-Man is? Yeah, Spider-Man really? for sure. It was just a lot of fun. It was It's just definitely like, in my upper echelon. Honestly, of... I would put it up there. Cuz like Cuz yeah, like how you mentioned they didn't like they just kind of like took from all the other movies. It was nice. It was nice to just kind of get in there and like get into his story but mm-hmm. not like not have to like worry about like all the shit we already know. Yeah, we yeah, don't worry like we don't. Have they, to yeah, they again. kind of replace that with Marvel
0: story. Which, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I did, I did like that that we weren't just seeing another origin story because I've just gotten so sick of origin stories. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need that anymore. Um, I thought the supporting cast was really good. I liked. Do an- you like the man in the chair? The man. in the
1: chair. Oh yeah, Kidding. his friend. <laughs>
4: oh. <laughs> His, his best friend yeah actually i did
0: yeah i um, I, I found him to be a good comic yeah he character. was funny
4: um i thought zendaya maybe was trying a bit too hard to be weird because yeah. because she's uh in real life since she's been like an actress singer her whole life i'm assuming she's not weird oh no so, I think
2: i think they just told her uh sh- you need to act like you're in a john hughes movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you're like the weird girl in yeah, breakfast club writing. exactly um, but yeah, overall,
4: I was a fan of the cast. What do you guys think about uh, like hot Aunt May?
0: <laughs> I, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I feel like they're being like very self-aware of it, that Aunt May's gotten younger and younger over yeah, well, each of these also, three tries, so now they're just kind of poking fun at it. Well,
4: the backlash didn't make sense because everyone's like, well, why is she like 70? But it's his aunt. It's not his grandma. Yeah. So she should theoretically be in her 40s. It's not like it's ridiculous. She also happens to be Marissa Tomei
1: in mean, this way, also they don't have to worry about her dying. If they make another <laughs> yeah. one; then she's gonna stick around, hopefully, for a bit. Yeah, Marissa Tomei. Shout out Marissa Tomei. Probably also, <laughs> I, love,
2: I love, the, uh, the ending of the film where she shouts "What the fuck!" and oh, it cuts yeah. right before yeah. she says it. Yeah, that that was that was a good ending. Great ending.
0: I also, I love whenever they offer Spider-Man the ultimate suit and he like declines it. He's like just like, no, you know what? I'm just going to go be friendly like, neighborhood. i just going to be friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not going to last very yeah. long because he's in the trailer for fucking Infinity yeah. War. Yeah, I mean, he'll so. definitely
4: be back. But I, yeah, I thought that was a fun little bit, even if it was kind of predictable, where he's like, that was a test, right? And Tony's like, yeah, and then it wasn't a test. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Like, I saw it coming, but I still like that. It was just a good little character development bit. Like, it... You know, it's it's taking its time telling the story. Yeah. Which I was also lifted from the comics. The very end bit. Oh, was it? Yeah. Because
1: mm-hmm. in Civil War during the comics, one of the big, like, pushes they get, on Iron Man's side at least, is they get Spider-Man to, like, reveal his identity I remember in front of that. everyone. Yeah. And it's like, this whole thing is like, oh, it's, you know, it's safe to do it. But then um, automatically make it shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right after, they come to his house and shoot her. <laughs> trying <laughs> to shoot his thing. Jesus. Yeah. Um,
4: Yeah, I liked. Oh, I also liked how they started with the little video that, you know, Peter Parker was filming. (laughs) I thought that maybe it ran a bit too long,
2: though. It was like a good five minutes, and I was like, I want to see some good shots. I think it kind of was an attempt to catch people up. If they weren't following the MCU and they just wanted to see a new Spider-Man
4: movie, you want
1: to watch eight hours of movie. That's yeah, I feel
2: like. do you think that Joss Whedon saw that and just straight lifted it for Justice League for the
1: reshoots? <laughs> oh of the yeah, Snapchat yeah. The
4: yeah, for
2: sure, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, well that's Spider-Man: Homecoming. Check it out on Blue and wherever. Only on digital. Blue. Uh, Guys, see the disaster artist? Absolutely, yes, have not. Oh, no, I know, I need to. It's okay, there's There's not not much much to to spoil. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. we're we're, um, we'll talk about it, but there is really not that much to spoil just because it is a true story. Yeah, have you seen The Room? Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. great.
4: Okay, if you've
0: seen The Room, oh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about everything (laughs) basically that happens in The Disasterist. Uh, I thought that The Disasterist it did almost a perfect job of describing the conditions that Tommy like set forth for his toxic set while making (laughs) the room it didn't go into as much weird shit as Tommy did because Tommy Wiseau is, like, the weirdest motherfucker. And, like, mm-hmm. he had just the weirdest shit ever. I know Gaia was on uh, before and talked about how he had this thing where he would just set up cups of warm water everywhere, and he wouldn't drink them, but he always had to have <laughs> warm water with him. And if you tried to, like, drink his water, he would flip his shit. Like, he would lose <laughs> his mind. See, yeah.
4: You guys, uh, and I'll, I've heard this online, to uh, mention that maybe, you know, it, it was in mean spirit, uh, uh, like, regarding Tommy Wiseau. But like I've I've been saying, it's it almost gave him a little bit of a facelift. It almost made him look better than he is because there was an amount of sympathy involved with the character. Because they had to to make it a good movie, a good you know friendship movie. However weird the friendship may be, it has to be like someone who's a human. Yeah. Which Tommy Wiseau may not be. And there, oh, no, there reptilian,
1: are points. reptilian for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are points in the disaster is where. He, you're very conflicted because you want to root for this guy but you see just how manipulative and shitty of a person Um, he is
4: so uh, Dave Franco plays Greg Sestero who is the one who wrote the Disaster Artist book and who played Mark in the room Um, I I like Dave Franco I think as a guy like (laughs) he'll do you know he just he's one of those guys he does like Conan remote bits and he's very very funny (laughs) like genuinely Um, but in retrospect he didn't act a lot like he it's he's you know i think in all his movies he's a version of himself kind of um i think he was kind of also done a little disservice because he was acting next to james franco who was doing a fucking unbelievable job Mm. i thought james franco like murdered it and i was (laughs) expecting to be bothered by his performance but like i don't know if he method acted if he was like in character the whole time on set but i thought he did incredible
2: well, Franco actually directed the film in character. Oh, Seth yeah. Rogen has said that. Oh, really? So there's all these layers of meta. Yeah, to exactly. There's the whole meta angle. Yeah. I I enjoyed the film. I just think that there's way too many good movies out this year for me for me to put this in the top 10. I'm going to really have to give it some thought, maybe see it a second time. But I did really enjoy the disaster yeah. artists. Um, I loved all the celebrity cameos in it. Mm-hmm. And it's very well shot shot on film um i just think the its strongest points are franco's direction and performance mm. and just like the novelty of seeing this it it's more of like a novelty piece for people who have yeah. seen the room than anything else yeah uh
4: i i just i really really liked it like i it had it had issues definitely but it's going to make my top 10 it won't be like super high up but i really I just, I had a blast watching it. The cast is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that cast. It's just, yeah, half of it's just, it's funny to see. Like, the whole time before the movie, I was like, who's going to play the creepy neighbor? And it's Josh (laughs) Hutcherson. Yeah. And I fucking died.
0: Like, him with that, like, side part or middle part haircut. I love the part where he's, uh, he's Tommy's just like, or, uh, Josh Hutcherson goes to uh, Johnny's character and is just like, hey, so like, what? Who, how old is my guy? Like, what's my direction here? He's just like, oh, you know, you're a kid. Just act your age. He's like, I'm 27. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. That, it, the whole cast uh, and, did a, a good job. It's not like they were like, they, they were, you know, it's not like they were acting like it was a joke. They actually acted like Paul Sheer is in there Hannibal Burris Zach Efron. is Zach Whoa what one of the best <laughs> yeah. one of the best bits we won't spoil what the exact bit is but mm-hmm. there's a reveal and it that's one of the best jokes in the whole movie yeah um, cuz it's a meta joke also Na- Nathan, Nathan Fielder oh, yeah oh, our God. boy Nathan, Nathan Fielder our
0: baby is in it boy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: there is. is one uh, big cameo that I really don't want to spoil Ooh. but it does serve a huge plot point for um, yeah. for Dave Franco's character mm-hmm. uh and it does lend to one of the things that Hunter was talking about about how manipulative he is mm-hmm. because there is uh, essentially Dave Franco's character Greg has a big opportunity yeah. in front of him for him to maybe become a star yeah. which is what he wants yeah, yeah. and Tommy West was like oh I thought you were my friend yeah <laughs> and like one of the most dramatic moments of this film hinges in him in in Tommy making Greg choose between making the room and going for this big opportunity. And it is probably one of the most effective moments of drama in the film. Yeah. Coming towards the end. It does get like
4: semi dramatic. Yeah. You feel you feel bad for Tommy at some points and then you feel bad
2: for yeah. uh Greg at some points. And so that, it does
4: it's not just like a goofy movie. Like it does get pretty serious sometimes. Yeah.
2: And that coupled with uh Tommy's just absolute lack of leadership and direction as the the lead filmmaker on this project and how chaotic of a set he's having. Like, he doesn't pay for the air
0: conditioning. He is very, very kind of borderline abusive. Yeah, he starts starts totally abusing, verbally abusing, the woman who plays the lead actress in the movie.
2: And all of these moments just add to what makes... Kind of like the climax of the film. Um, I was expecting something a little more. But we do get this. And it is effective. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's ineffective. I was just hoping for the movie to hinge a little bit more. On just the relationship between these two characters. And how much they are striving to be stars Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. Uh, I think that was the movie that I was expecting. Is more of a universal story about trying to make it in LA and Hollywood and not as much of a novelty project for fans of the room.
0: I, I just have a couple of uh, points to that. Um, I do think, because we have talked about how manipulative he is and abusive on the set, but especially in the beginning of the movie, you really do sympathize with this character because he's somebody who claims that he's already, he's always dreamed of being an actor, but anytime he goes somewhere, people are telling him, Oh, you should be trying up for a monster because yeah, yeah, he's like, he's, gross looking and it's like you can tell how heartbreaking it is and it's a credit to james franco's acting job that Mm. you can tell how much this like hurts him he's just like i'm no monster like i'm an actor Mm -hmm. and you can really tell and that's what makes you sympathize with this character and that's why he wants to make the room so that he can just make a movie himself since he's not getting cast in anything
2: yeah um that is one of the most inspiring uh themes in this movie which i actually think brigsby bear nailed better than this movie and really hitting home the emotional um, resonance of like making movies.
0: I I would agree with that. Yeah, (laughs) I would agree with that. Um, Another thing is um, that I loved... Every time that they were showing something of them actually shooting the room. um, Of course, like, in the trailer, we see the whole, or in the teaser, I guess, them doing the whole, I did not hit her, I did not, I did not, like that. You see them do that. It's bullshit. You see them do that take, like, 50 times. But also, I love, (laughs) there's that part in the room, since you've seen the room, you know, where they're sitting up on the rooftop, and Greg gives this story. He's just like, I heard about this one guy, or this one girl found out that, uh, she was a uh, he was man was or she was cheating on his man. He came home and he beat her, and then Tommy goes, "Ha ha ha! That's so funny, Mark. Yeah, funny story. What Mark. a story!" And everybody on the set is like, "The fuck? Why is he laughing right yeah. now? That's not funny!" And like they just keep doing it, and they're like, "Try a different reaction." And he's like, "Ha ha ha! Funny story, Mark." Yeah, he just won't stop laughing. <laughs> it's it's so good. Yeah. And then at the end, or not at the end of the movie, I should say, but there are these parts where they play. They, their version of where they basically reshot the room side by side yeah. to the original movie and it's so good like how much Jeez. work they put in to do like shot by shot remakes mm-hmm.
2: apparently they have like over 20 minutes of, of footage that they reshot oh, yeah. Of the yeah
4: it's just incredible going back to like that that ha 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 scene that's why I, I agree that Brigsby Bear does get the emotional depth of like making a movie better but I wouldn't call Disaster Artist a novelty project I would just call it... It's part about that, but it's also part... A portrait of a very confusing man. Like, it's hard... He's... In real life, he's completely unsympathetic... Because, like that, he has no... He's emotionally, like, not there. He's tone deaf. So, it's hard to... What they did was pretty difficult... By making you care even a little bit about this yeah. guy. Like, uh, I would compare it to Man on the Moon... the Which I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, probably. The Andy Kaufman project because it had a similar uh, barrier to get over where it's trying to make you sympathize with someone who we can't understand who doesn't, you know, a very idiosyncratic person who doesn't follow what we would consider a normal train of thought. And I think that this movie did a better job of that. They made you understand him more than man on the moon did. Man on the moon did not understand the person that it was about. I think disaster artists understood Tommy, but it's, like, once you understand him,
2: it's just still, like, it's, you know, you can't explain it. <laughs> I just, I have this thought that maybe, I don't know how effective would it, it would have been, but maybe it would have been cool for them to try to fictionalize Tommy, Tommy's story a little bit, just to get more of a sense of, like, the mystery behind the man. Hmm. Because they do, they do a very good job of, like, sticking to the facts as far as the book goes and what Greg and everyone involved with the project knows about Tommy. But after watching this film, you don't really learn that much more about Tommy because he's not the type of person that allows people to learn things about him. So you don't really get any more of a sense of who he really is. It's almost like he is putting a, like he's playing a, a part the whole time. Like Tommy was Oh, and, and this is something that we touched on a little bit when we had guy on talking about the book. It's, there there are a lot of people that think that his name isn't even Tommy Wiseau and then he is putting on a whole performance for this and and he's just sunk into this part of of, of this uh, imposter really that's kind of what I'm saying
4: like it's like, it's impressive that they made us sympathize with him. Then when even when we know everything that we could possibly know about him, he's still a mystery.
0: Yeah. I mean, he claims to be from New Orleans when obviously he's not <laughs> he's from fr- fucking New Orleans. Yeah, he's New from Orleans. like
4: Poland. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah.
0: got to be from somewhere like Eastern Europe. Like, we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know how old he is. Yeah, he's like,
4: oh, I'm your age,
0: Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like really, you're 24. Yeah, <laughs> he's got like random money, right?
1: Too like millions. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, no very one knows sketchy. about. Yeah. yeah,
0: and nobody knows what he ever did before acting. Like it's crazy. This person. Like, and we're probably never going to find out the yeah. secrets of. It, it would have been
4: cool to f- if they had fictionalized that, but I don't know if they would have run into trouble with Tommy.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, because um, I mean, they still had to get Tommy's approval. They are yeah. using his property, and, and
4: also it is based on uh, the book by Greg, and it's the the guys who wrote it are. Like, from what I can tell, they're strictly adapters. Like, those are the movies they write as adaptations. Yeah,
2: I remember Franco talking about how one of the writers didn't even see The Room before writing his draft of the screenplay. Wow, Just to make sure that, you know, people could connect with it somewhat.
0: But see, I don't know how effective The uh, the Disaster Is would have been if I hadn't seen The Room before it. Like, I feel like I still would have enjoyed it, but like you said about being a novelty project, it adds a lot more to it if you've actually seen The Room. If not, then you're just like, because that was one of the biggest criticisms criticisms I've seen of it, is that coming out of test screenings, everybody who didn't like it, one of their biggest complaints was that it didn't seem realistic, that this movie (laughs) would ever actually exist. It's like, yeah, no, it fucking does. Um, Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... That's going to happen
4: when you make a movie about, like, the weirdest thing that ever happened. I
2: mean, I love seeing all these celebrity cameos and all these talented people having fun making this movie. um, Because you got to understand that, like, The Room does have a certain appeal to it. There's a reason why there's all these people making this movie. It's not just another bad movie. Yep. There, There is something about it that resonates with people. Because it's,
4: it's like a movie that was made by aliens. Yeah. Well, it really then, is.
1: It's got the same, like, appeal, like, you know, cult appeal as Mars Attack is the same kind of thing. Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, those mm-hmm. still, like... If you put it in, like, a movie theater, like, on some random Wednesday night, people are going to show yeah, up. People oh, it's going to be, yeah. That, one of my biggest critiques of Disaster Artist is that
4: I like watching The Room more. <laughs> like, The Room... Some people, like, Ernie, I know you really didn't enjoy watching it just because it's painfully bad. But, like, I, I
0: died. I, I want to see it so many times. I I, it. I really loved... I watched it right the night before I saw The Disaster Artist just to remember how bad it is. Because everybody remembers the shitty dialogue and everything but it's just so poorly shot of a movie. Everything. There are just there are scenes where characters are talking and it'll be shot like behind a couch and you only see like half their face. Yeah. Or there'll be scenes where there's four characters talking and you see two of two and a half of them in the screen. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no regard for film 101. Yeah. Basic oh, things. Yeah. If you've ever seen a movie before, you would know not to All do that. All the lighting the is lighting horrible. Is the lighting makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> there's lights coming from every direction. Yes. They outline this
4: in the movie but they shot in film and digital just yeah. two cameras next to each other both sh- filming the same scene which like they said in the movie it requires entirely different lighting to shoot in film versus digital yeah. so it's it's really genuinely like it was made by people who aren't human beings like it's it's something else to yeah, watch yeah
2: i i could not watch the room again and if i if i did i would probably just fast forward through all the sex scenes
0: oh, oh no, no you have to watch you have to listen to like that's too much <laughs> Listen to the royalty-free R&B music. Yeah. It's like if they like couldn't quite afford Ashanti, <laughs> so they just looked on like royalty-free, like, what sounds like shitty he, R&B music? They
2: definitely reused that shot of Tommy thrusting. Ooh, yeah. Like, it's the same yeah. shot reused over and over during the, the mm. sex scene. They didn't reshoot it. It's like, no, he just... just cut just, it back in. Yeah, yeah, it's like, here's five more minutes of sex that you already saw earlier <laughs> in the film. God damn it. <laughs> why am I doing this to myself?
1: <laughs> it's like the uh whatever Lethal Weapon Six whatever from sunny where Frank oh has a sex yes. scene. Have you mm-hmm. seen that? It's equally as gross. Those are both <laughs> like
0: And it's like that same kind of thing where we just jump right into a sex scene. No establishment. We have no idea who these characters are, why yeah. we should care about them. Less than five minutes into the movie, sex scene. And we're like, it did I just did I accidentally put on like a softcore porn by accident? Or what's what's happening right now?
1: See, my first time seeing it, I remember the first time I saw the room. It would like I thought it just wasn't in the right order. Because there's so many scenes yeah. that are just yeah. like in it and then just like it's not referenced again or yeah. something like that. The, the like, mother of cancer. Happen- yeah, like it's just like skits, and I was like, Is yeah. it like explained to something? And point? I'm dying. No, yeah. just like it just ends at one point. I'm all right. Actually
4: another critique that I would have even though it did work and it was funny, is that a lot of jokes in the movie disaster artists come from people just observing things that you observe when you watch it. Like Seth Rogen's character did that a lot. He was like, why is he humping his belly button or her belly button? Which is funny, but like there was about like seven or so jokes that were just that and it works, but it's not like the most creative thing to do.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things like those jokes are something that you kind of have to watch the room to like appreciate those jokes. Otherwise, you're like, did this actually happen? Is this an over dramatization of this all? It's like, no, this is actually what happens in the movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, that is the disaster artist in theaters now, directed by James Franco.
0: I definitely recommend it. I, yeah. I'm pulling for James Franco win an Oscar for this, just because I would love that. He he goes all in. Yeah, this I was the best part of the
2: movie. I was maybe hoping that it would movie. be best picture worthy, but
0: <laughs> no, I, it, I don't know. It's not best no, picture worthy, but Franco deserves some love. Well, yeah, yeah,
4: it's just like really. Before we move on, he the thing he did was fucking magical. Because when Tommy Wiseau says anything, it's it's funny. Oh yeah. Um, yeah,
2: his impression is spot it, on. Yeah,
4: James Franco figured out how to say things that he hasn't heard Tommy Wiseau say, but he figured out exactly how he would say it to make it funny. Yeah, like he he figured it out. Well,
2: I don't I don't know if you know about this, but Greg stole. Do you know? Do you remember this? The, there's a quick shot in the movie, and I'm pretty sure he mentions this in the book. Maybe we talked about this when Guy was on, but uh, Tommy Wiseau recorded himself talking into a tape recorder. Um, and he would do this on a regular basis just walking around LA just saying things And this is something that I want writers this, I do want those tapes. Yeah, writers tapes real. Bad. <laughs> writers do this to get ideas out quickly just record themselves yeah, yeah. talking. Greg stole those tapes and he digitized them oh, shit. with without Tommy's permission because he was like this is gold. I, I need this <laughs> oh, yeah. So he stole them and he gave them to Franco. So Franco Ooh. listened to all these deep, deep, Thoughts that, that Tommy was, like, saying just to like himself. Just, like, stream of yeah, conscious, Yeah, to get into character. So, he he probably knows Tommy better than any of us. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> better than anyone better ever. Better than Tommy. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: All right. Um. <laughs> did you want to touch a little bit on the leftovers before? No, I just...
0: Okay, the only thing I was going to say, I was going to talk... Well, we, I talked a little bit about that Drew already. Seen,
2: Drew and I have seen all of the leftovers. No,
0: yeah, that's why I was. I'm going to talk about it more whenever I finished. I just uh, was touching on it earlier whenever we were talking about the Golden Globes nominations. <sighs> no, but I was just saying I'm watching it. I'm trying to catch up uh, completely through it through uh, the final season before we do our best of TV. I'm about halfway through season two right now. Um, I I love it. It's it's amazing. Ray, have
1: you seen any of the leftovers? I've seen the majority of the first season. Okay.
2: I just, you couldn't stick finished. with it. No,
1: no, no. It is good. I just okay. Like, it came out like sometime during the same time as Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. I just got way more into Game of Thrones. Yeah. True. 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 And then Silicon Valley, which I never also finished. Well, I, I watched a lot of <laughs> shows leftovers. Is them. is better than both of those? Oh, shows. Oh yeah. No, I've heard like <laughs> only good things about them. No. Yeah,
2: Drew. Drew and I have watched the whole show, and I can safely say that it's my favorite show of all time. Wow. It, Damn. it just okay. it resonates so, just. Perfectly with with me and like what I look for Mm -hmm. in in films and TV and just that deep, deep emotional uh, resonance that that I I crave in this, you know, not Mm -hmm. only do you does this show demand that you think about what you're seeing, but it also just makes you constantly uh, doubt (laughs) what (laughs) you're watching and question things and question things about yourself and your life and the world <laughs> what it's is unbelievable it, on now? it it ended it oh, only ran yeah it only ran for 3 seasons uh-huh. yeah,
0: yeah i will say so Perfect far after to. um after now being about halfway through the second season, because I've just been trying to plow through it. Uh, now I think I'm on episode six, I believe. Oh, so um, you know, you know how? Yeah. So Kevin. things are everything's. I don't want to spoil anything because we're gonna have a whole leftovers discussion wherever we actually finish the show. But what I'm loving about season two so far, because I was a big fan of season one, and season two is doubling down on everything that I loved about the yeah, show. Everything crazy gets. Everything so much that's crazier. crazy is just escalating. I just watched the uh, the Matt, the most recent Matt the. Pastor episode, oh, which is so good. So good. Like, oh I God. he's might be my favorite character of the show. As much as I love Justin Thoreau, like yeah. mm-hmm. he is just such a v- complex character, and his story is just so interesting. But yeah, I can't wait to have a further discussion yeah. with that with you, Hunter.
2: You said you just watched episode six,
0: episode five. I believe five. You're okay. Six, yeah, seven
2: and eight are the two greatest hours. Of television ever Word. made,
0: <laughs> ever. Somebody hasn't watched Twin Peaks: The Return episode <laughs> Shut eight. Shut up.
2: Uh, no, dude, you come back to me when you see episode eight. Well, seven leads into eight. Like eight is is unbelievable, but seven sets it up, okay. and it, the those two together are. Oh, I, I'm getting chills <laughs> right now just thinking about it. You're gonna shoot it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it um, with our review of Star Wars The Last Jedi but before we talk about it I did want to mention I watched Looper recently. Mm. Yep the we, Ryan, we the watched Ryan, that together. Yeah the Ryan Johnson film. Um, just to prepare I, I got to watch that and The Force Awakens so I want to talk a little bit about that before we get into The Last Jedi. So Looper right. is his 2012 film starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis and it's an original sci-fi story set in 2044. H- have you guys seen this film? Yeah. I didn't
1: know it was that old. Now, wow.
2: yeah. 2012? Yeah. <laughs> 2012. Yeah, five years old. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. It's it,
0: it really is. I think that it's probably one of the best sci-fi movies of the 21st century. Yeah, I would honestly go that far to say, like, just because of it, it's so original, it's so well shot, and it takes so many like twists and turns that you really don't see coming, and it all works, and it all works, and. It's a great, it's a very, very rewatchable movie because the more you watch it and you know where the story is going, you can pick up on little subtle things as it's going through the film. Mm-hmm. I can definitely like you watch Looper and you can be like, yeah, you know what? That guy's going to make some Star Wars movies. <laughs> like, that, that just makes sense. Yeah.
2: Well, he had a quick, quick ramp up because he made Brick for $500,000 mm. and then he made The Brothers Bloom, which starred Mark Ruffalo, Adrian Brody, and Rachel Vise, which. Gets a lot of rap for being his worst movie.
4: That's a weird fucking movie. But it's it's
2: very original. It's very strange. And I would want to revisit it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, me neither.
4: But I just remember it being super weird. Yeah, but
2: then... Before making The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson made a huge name for himself directing two of the best episodes of Breaking Bad,
4: mm-hmm, three of the best episodes, yeah, including
2: yeah. Ozymandias. He did The Fly, which a lot
4: of people yeah. don't like because it's
2: fifty-one because it's a bottle episode.
4: And oh, The are, Fly
0: is so good. Yeah, people. I mean, episode.
4: people were just used to you know action, and there's not much in that one.
2: Uh, But that episode is all about Jesse and Walt confronting the things that they're avoiding. It's
0: probably, like, the most well-written as far as just dialogue goes, because that's what the entire episode is, is just those two characters. Yeah, and then
4: Ozymandias, which is obviously the series best. best. Yeah, yeah, everything has been
0: said about Ozymandias. It's a
4: crazy episode. Um, Yeah, that... Brick is a really interesting movie. Have you guys seen it? I've I've never never seen it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I feel like no one has. I've only seen it because you put it on once, but, like, it's... It's a high school like modern noir film where Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a high schooler who's like solving this mystery involving drugs and blah, yeah blah, blah. he just gets wrapped up with um, some really
2: sketchy people.
4: The, the dialogue of it is like hyper stylized, yeah. like it's cr- it's ridiculous how you know quick and like detectivey all of it is. Um, but it's like set in like a modern day for the time, so like early two thousands America. So Prime it's time. it's it's just a really weird tone. Like it's a crazy concept. I just enjoyed it because it's, it's creative and you like I like movies where like high school is the most important thing oh you know? <laughs> well, yeah
0: it's very I love movies like that because it's very realistic how you actually think when you're that age where just like something about getting like a girl to like you is literally the biggest thing in the world yeah. and you don't give a shit about like who's the president of the United States you're just worried about your own personal life and everything seems so huge that's what I love about American Vandal from what I've seen so far oh, oh, it's just like you've something seen it I've seen a few episodes, <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, we have Looper, which was a huge success, like thirty million dollar budget, and then it made it grossed one hundred seventy six point yeah, five yeah.
4: million. Dollars. I think I think it still remains uh, underrated because this is true. Around when it came out, most of the cultural conversation about that movie was about how JGL is playing a younger Bruce Willis and like the prosthetics. And if they pulled it
1: off or not, that was it. It looked so good. Oh, it definitely worked. But that's,
4: that's just like the, the depth that it got to on most like late night shows would talk about it. They would talk with like JGL and they wouldn't be like, Oh, it's a great movie. They'd be like, so what about that makeup? Like That was (laughs) all they would talk about.
2: Also the marketing for that film just sets up the rivalry between Bruce Willis and JGL. And it never touches on the core of this story which is the little boy and Emily Blunt's character who plays his mom.
1: See cuz when I like went into like seeing it, I only seen like maybe one or two trailers and they were like didn't reveal too much and then when I actually saw it though, I was like, "Oh, this is completely different than what I was expecting." Yeah. And also with the movie that deals with time travel, it is not a headache, which is and it's not like no. there's no like stupid gimmicks or anything. There's I mean,
0: no like Drawing diagrams There's even that one There's even that one Referential joke Where Bruce Willis And JGL are in the diner Talking together And like Joseph Gordon-Levitt trying to ask him like these questions and he's just like I don't have time to explain everything because your head's <laughs> going to start spinning and next thing you know we're going to be sitting here drawing diagrams of straws. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so great because it's just yeah. like we don't need that again yeah. of them folding a piece of paper and then stabbing a pencil through it. Like we've seen that so many times we don't need that anymore. Yeah, it's it's a great movie.
2: I, I appreciated Bruce Willis's acting. It's probably some of the best acting he's done Bruce Willis ever. basically plays himself. <laughs> yeah, oh, but for sure. But
0: it's amazing. Yeah. I, I really, JGL like just elevates this movie to another level oh yeah i mean me. he's like doing he's,
2: a young bruce willis um but
0: just it's so it he's he, playing bruce willis but with hope yeah because he's still youthful and, and he's, he's a, a better actor than bruce willis yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just makes it a lot better don't tell that to my grandmother she would lose <laughs> it on you <laughs> i wow. just i love the story it tells about um love and about you know put uh being a good parent and loving your children, and all these themes of trust and sacrifice. Uh, I think Ryan Johnson is just a very, very talented writer and director. Yeah, and
4: he is. Uh, so that, yeah, let's
2: let's get into it with uh, the Last Jedi, Star Wars. Episode 8, The Last Jedi, the new Walt Disney Company product. <laughs> mm. uh, in theaters now. Everyone go see it and buy a Porg. Yeah, go buy one of those penguins. <laughs> I three of them. I, I three. Yeah. So, real quick, how do you guys feel about Star Wars coming back and The Force Awakens and Rogue One?
1: Uh, we just rewatched Force Awakens yesterday. It's okay. It is like... It's. I mean, I have the same criticism as most people, I think. It's just like the same thing as the older ones. And it's like, yeah, it's like it's patching, passing the torch or whatever, which is, you know, like there's some obligatory stuff that comes with it, like mm-hmm. all like a little symbolic, like here's this lightsaber, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> but it's like a little bit was too, like, you can tell what parts were Disney. You know mm-hmm. what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like what parts are like, definitely put this in, clear things up for people, like, yeah. I was, like, it was like holding QB my head. hand throughout the whole thing. I was like, I don't want that from a Star Wars movie. I wanted to just like just yeah. get into it. I
4: can agree with that. That's.
1: I think it's one of the
4: most unmemorable stories of what happens. Like, even me, because I've, I've been down on Star Wars very publicly. Yes. It's one I'm most known for in this life. Um, but even me watching that movie, you can't help, but there's a couple, a few, like, goose bumpy, hair-raising moments just because it's Star Wars. And they, you know, with the score and everything, yeah. there's a great swelling of emotions. But I just think it was not a remarkable movie.
0: You know, I... I do. I understand the criticisms of because it is a rehash and it is not super original. But I think that where the Force Awakens succeeds and why I still think it's a really good movie is it does a great job of creating these new characters. And by oh, the end of the sure. movie, you care about Ray and Finn and their safety. And, and even Kylo. if even if they aren't um, <laughs> exceptionally, yeah. I want to get I want to get into Kylo because that leads into our discussion of the Last Jedi, but even if you don't really care about them blowing up Star Killer base because it's fucking... It's the Death Star 3.0. <laughs> but, like, it's still... You care about these characters that it creates. And yeah. this... It creates... It recreates that sense of awe and wonder that was in the original trilogy that was lacking in the prequels. True. And I think that that's why J.J. J. Abrams did... Why he was chosen for reviving this franchise because that's kind of what he does. He's not... He's not a innovative, innovative filmmaker like somebody like Ryan Johnson is. He's a very safe director who can he can just like push shit out. Like it's and like JJ on a makes, belt.
2: JJ makes good movies. Yeah. yeah. That's what he does. Yeah, he's kind of just, the new Spielberg. Yeah.
0: He really mm-hmm. is. Like he's not gonna have a whole lot of transcendent movies, but he's also not really gonna have any bad movies either.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I think that, I mean, while I didn't love the movie, I think the best thing that that it had going for it was the casting. I think, oh, for sure. I yeah. Th- yeah. Oscar Isaac, I fucking love, uh, oh, in yes. Star especially in Star Wars because he just has like a seventies vibe. Like every,
1: he, he has, does, he, has, he just, I feel he's like so guys,
4: every guy had a huge jaw in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> Very handsome. Yeah, every guy was like beautiful, yeah. in the and he seems like he's just
1: having a blast with it too. It's like genuinely like he's into it. It's yeah, not like yeah, he's just there fun. for the check.
4: Yeah, he he's he does really well. I like John Boyega a lot. Ray, I I like. I don't I don't think
2: she's like incredible,
4: but I think sh- uh, I think she does a good job. I think she did a really good job in Last Jedi.
2: So for me, The Force Awakens was probably. And I think for a lot of people, one of the most hyped movies of all time, you know, oh absolutely, it's, it's yeah. Star Wars coming back, and it's everything is riding on this movie on whether or not this is going to work. Are are we going to care about Star Wars again, or is it going to be shit? And I think that was JJ's job was to make sure that Disney had a solid brand that they could market until we die. It make, had to be a safe, ma- movie. yeah. Make yeah. sure that people give a shit and that they like these movies so that they buy a ticket every year. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. That was priority number one for JJ and he knocked it out of the park in that regard he made Star Wars cool again and and I think that the movie that he made was just it had to be a rehash of New Hope because it was a very comforting film it had to make everyone feel safe in trusting Star Wars and Disney in making this beloved franchise come back full force It, it had to be the film that it was um and i totally understand all the criticisms for it being familiar territory and familiar beats but re-watching it because i saw it right before seeing the last jedi i think jj made a hell of a fun movie every second of that movie is a non-stop thrill ride oh yeah
1: no the pacing of it is you are, awesome. yeah you
2: are not bored at all and jj is so good at that and he makes you care about the new characters a lot. And he brings a great performance out of Han Solo, giving him a fitting end. I mean, out of Harrison Ford yeah. playing Han Solo. Uh, and I just, I mean, I understand that the movie is not the most original movie, but that wasn't the point of yeah. the movie. That wasn't what anyone making that movie was trying to do. They they had a goal in mind, and, and they, they, they did it. Um, so, that leads into the Last Jedi, so I I mean with Rogue One, that's a very forgettable movie. I mean, it's fun. I Darth like, Vader's cool. I
0: I agree. I I thought Rogue One was. I thought Rogue One was pretty good. It's I, I fun. Mean, it's it, fun. It's fun. It's
2: cool. It's fun. The fine. first
0: act is extremely forgettable. Oh yeah. But I mean, we get that final forty-five minutes is a thrill ride. Like that's classic yeah. Star Wars, and. I can't I mean I can't say overall the movie is bad. I can't say overall the movie is great, but, but the it's best, still it's a fun
2: movie. The best part about it is just a prelude to the original Star Wars movie. There's nothing that new about it. I mean it oh, looks no, cool. There
0: absolutely, isn't It's it's but well but
2: shot, it's entertaining it's I think thrilling. it was poorly cast. Uh Rogue One. I didn't well they didn't need to lock down any of those yeah.
0: characters. Yeah, exactly. They were going to stay point. for a
4: movie and I just feel like it, none of the acting really did anything for it. I me do at all. not
0: like Felicity Jones. <laughs> whoa I'm just gonna just gonna put hey that man there.
2: johnny donnie jen donnie yen yeah donnie, yeah, donnie yen yen was, was amazing good. Diego
1: luna was great yeah, yeah. but I we just see, need less british accents i like <laughs>
0: luna as an actor but i did not like him in that role i just didn't like that character yeah but i i mean i really i forest whitaker i wish that there was more of in that movie because i actually li- i thought that he was like a really interesting character and then he just was dead. Well, yeah,
2: I mean, I think that is just a detriment of all the reshoots that that movie underwent.
0: Yes, I mean that's and that's one thing that we should also talk about is that with so many of these Star Wars movies now, it's happened with Rogue One. Of course, it happens with the it's happening with the uh, young Han Solo movie that's coming out next year. Is that Disney's really struggling to keep on a director? I mean, of course, they also they fired Colin Trevorrow for making Episode Nine. Yep. JJ's coming back, so the fact that leading up to the last Jedi we heard absolutely nothing I could only take that as a good sign
2: not only nothing but they gave Ryan Johnson his own trilogy without even
0: hearing a pitch for yeah. that story like yeah. Ryan Johnson didn't even have a pitch ready for what this story is going to be about and they were like you're good you can make the next you can make this one and you can make three more <laughs> they're Blake. so
2: confident that this is what they wanted out of a new Star Wars movie and I can say that it, it worked for me i mean let's 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 get into it spoiler free but i think the last jedi is what people wanted out of a new star a new bold story oh yeah for sure when when jj comforted you with the force awakens and held your hand and gave you a nice warm hug and he said hey man remember i remember too. two. We all love each other. Ryan Johnson came in and just slapped you across the face, and he said, "Everything you know is a lie. Kill the past." No,
4: Literally, no. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Johnson
2: is Kylo Ren. Yeah, like this. Spoiler, is, sorry. <laughs> no, this is the one of the main themes in this movie is just the idea of taking everything you know about your heroes and the things you hold dear with your nostalgia and like all the things that the generation before us was betrayed by with the prequels and you know they grew up loving star wars and then later in their life they they felt absolutely cheated by what george did with this and then jj comes back and says hey man we're going back to that we're going back to that. it's going to be okay ryan comes in and says look it's yeah. not what you think. <laughs> yeah. We're not we're not going back to that, which you know, I can understand why this movie is getting the backlash it's getting because oh, for sure, yeah. Force Awakens set up a certain direction of of this story that it was going to go one way and we had our expectations for the trilogy and the questions that we should be asking when it comes to Rey's parents and who is Snoke and all these things that are sprinkled throughout the Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson just knocks that completely from everyone's mind and said, those are the wrong questions, you know, which
4: so, I, so he wrote this too. Yeah.
0: yeah he he wrote, wrote and directed it. So oh, let's, that's let's very just, impressive.
2: let's just stay as spoiler free yeah, as I possible. Just, I just
0: want to give some quick general thoughts of it. Um, of course, I believe for the most part, I have lots of issues with the movie. I definitely, I think this is the best star Wars movie since empire strikes back. I think it's a lot better than the force awakens, of course, better than any of the prequels. Um, I will say the MVP of this movie for me is without a doubt Adam Driver. Adam Driver, by far. This movie, so much of it hinges on his performance, and he proves that he is one of the best actors, best younger actors working right now. He is absolutely incredible in this movie. I will say, I think that without a doubt, this is the most well shot and well, not well put together, but the most well shot Star Wars movie ever. I don't think that Star Wars has ever had a director as talented as Ryan Johnson behind it, and the cinematographer Steve uh, Yedlin, who's shot I believe every other Ryan Johnson yeah. movie. But they have never had a team like this together working on it. There are just some iconic shots that are just stuck in my head that I can't stop thinking of. There are certain well, shots that not... remind you of a western. Yeah, well, like
2: it's not the cinematography is great, and the way he frames these shots and moves the camera is very fresh and, and cool for a Star Wars movie, and it looks gorgeous, mm. but also all of the set design and oh, costume design incredible, and, and incredible art direction, all of that leads to this being one of the best-looking, not only best-looking Star Wars movie, but one of the best-looking films of the year. Absolutely. Easily.
0: Yeah. There are certain uh, things. Of course, again, we'll talk about more specifics and spoilers. Um, of course, the score is incredible. The little vignettes we get where... Uh, Snoke will say something about a young Vader and you just hear just behind it very faint. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Just very subtle but one of the things which I haven't heard any like real like critics or anybody talking about my favorite aspects of this movie is the use of silence. Mm. The way that we'll have this big booming score and suddenly just Dead silence.
4: Yeah, which is something that like should be used more in Star Wars movies, considering they happen in the void of space. <laughs> yeah,
0: and but it, Ryan Johnson is like the first filmmaker to actually think about something like that and just little very subtle moments like you'll see an X-Wing fly past a window and you can hear the window shake Mm. just like very subtle things like that like nobody's ever really thought of before but it's it's funny because I was
4: going to mention a little thing but the Foley work on this movie was really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ray uh, walking on that on the island. Yeah. just stepping
4: on the wet rocks. It just had very textured sounds. I just liked listening to it. Also I love watching Like, my favorite thing about all the Star Wars movies, including the new ones, is watching a new movie with such an old school score to it. Yes. Like, I wish more movies would do John Williams style stuff because it it really did add a lot to this movie. Yeah,
2: I think John Williams' work on this film is better than The Force Awakens because he takes all the themes that he wrote for that, race theme, Kylo's theme. Um, and reincorporating the older themes from the original trilogy and brings them in like much more refined and, mm-hmm. and full force in this film. I think Ray's theme and Kylo's theme are both incredible. Like they are as iconic as any of the other music that he wrote yeah. for the original films. I think the the music here is one of the strongest points. All the sound work. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoy this film. I, I can't talk about specifics of things I didn't like until we get to spoilers. But yeah. overall, I, I just feel like this movie didn't care what you thought or exactly. what you expected of it. It was just going to go in a exciting, new, unexpected direc- direction, regardless of what anyone thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it does it. It's trying to do so much, and sometimes to its depriment a little bit too much. Yeah. Definitely, but um. it, it's for the most part, it works really, really well. And I appreciate the fact that Disney allowed Ryan Johnson to make such a risky and bold film, like The Last Jedi, a, a film that is getting hate because it's so unexpected.
4: It's not comfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's a
1: lot darker than any of the other ones by far, and it's like that's. That's what they needed, honestly.
4: Yeah, I I like it. Like, I mean, I think you cannot fault the look and the sound of this movie. Uh, Without spoiling anything, there's some, there's an amount of laughable dialogue.
0: Yeah, no, this, I think that this, I mean, it, people always forget that there is humor in the original trilogy, like little things like, oh. Aren't you a little bit short to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> like things like, like little moments like that. But this movie has some real laugh mm-hmm. out loud moments. Yes, there's a but scene... that's
4: not what I meant. <laughs> I was talking. There is some dialogue that is like, "Wow, that was bad." <laughs> um, there is. There are definitely okay. there are funny moments, and that actually did take me by surprise. Some of the some the of the last words. Yeah. There's,
0: there's a certain there a very very beginning of the movie. There's this dialogue between Poe and Hux that. It's just, it's like something out of a Marvel movie, but it really worked for me. Like, Mm. it was really, like, I found it really funny. Yeah,
2: it did. It did definitely work. But if you didn't like that, you probably didn't enjoy the movie. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. That
0: almost acts acts as, like, uh, like a litmus test for, like, oh, are you going to like this movie or not? (laughs) exactly.
2: There were just some
4: moments where it was, like, big. It happened a lot. Like, five or six times, it was a big emotional moment where, like, you're already feeling things no, and nothing has been said yet so all they have to say is something that like you don't think twice about and it'll you know it's smooth sailing and the line's just weren't quite there for me where like i could hear other people snickering a little bit too cuz it's just like oh do brother you,
2: do you think that that's all to ryan johnson's uh i guess blame I quote
4: don't, unquote i don't know i think maybe he was trying to you know, hearken to an age of movies where that was more of a thing, where there would be these big dramatic moments of like, oh, I love you, like that type of deal. Just these big emotional swells. And I think that the modern audience
0: might be moving a little bit past that. You know, I'm curious for us to get to spoilers for you to get specifics, because I feel like we're you're thinking of something of a specific line that I'm thinking of, which I loved, and it was one of my favorite points of the movie. But I'm curious if we're on the same page of it's the same Maybe. remark.
2: Ray, uh, some some overall thoughts on the film? Um, So how familiar are you guys with Akira Kurosawa? Oh, uh, oh. Rashomon? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that... One I of mean, the greatest... He's a Japanese filmmaker yeah. from the
0: 40s, 50s? 40s, yeah, 40s and 50s yeah.
1: when he got like really, really big. Um, Definitely so, like, a
0: major influence of Ron yeah,
1: Johnson. And <laughs> the same with the old Star Wars movies. Those, how they had like the Western feel <laughs> mm-hmm. to them, those Western movies that they were copying... Copy to Kira Kurosawa. So, like, without getting too much detail, this again, there are just certain parts where you just feel that, like, all over again, where you feel like it's like drawing from like other things and it's like something not related to Star Wars, but at the same time, all the old Star Wars movies. And I'll say a specific part later, but like, it was just like really cool to see that some like outside influences coming back that are like same influences as before, but it's a whole different like director and everything. And I was like, that I was pretty surprised by. Because also I was surprised, like, again, since it's like a Disney thing, that they let him put in some of the stuff, like some of the dialogue, Mm. which we'll get into later. But (laughs) some of it was like not everything is black and white which i really really liked Like that i was really surprised by
0: there are Mm. some themes that we've never seen anything like this in a star wars exactly the
2: the gray area between the fight between the good guys and the bad guys yeah that's what
0: star wars has always been it's a fight between good and evil and it's not just that plain anymore like there's always some kind of a middle ground
1: well in the star wars like I'm a big fan of just like mythology and stuff. Like, I'll just world like, building. Looking, yeah, big like world stuff. So, I've like watched like mainly YouTube videos about like Star Wars mythos. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's such a thing called Grey Jedi's. And it's like, I really like, I hope they like get into it more because it's a really cool concept. Because I don't know if this is a spoiler, but Jedi's aren't really, really great people like historically. like mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, there's, uh, there's a character that comes in who aside from being part of the plot a big part of his reason is to teach some of the characters like hey there's kind of a blurry line there yeah, between good right.
2: and evil. Well this is this is something that the other movies even the prequels have alluded to maybe intentionally or not I don't know if George Lucas was thinking of this but you you do get the sense that like a lot of the trouble that has befallen these characters comes from that struggle between your, your inner struggle between being a good or a bad person. And, you know, we saw with Anakin Skywalker, the whole reason why he was susceptible to the darkness of the Sith and and the dark side was because he fell in love. Yeah. So it's like, it's not necessarily a negative feeling that's tugging him to, to become yeah, this exactly. evil evil person he is falling in love and he's being uh, he's essentially breaking the code of the Jedi and the laws that the Jedi have, have put on him but he is in love with Padme and he wants to be with her
1: and he is correct because that is like a stupid law that they have that's like because they're supposed to like you know they're like knights which is you're supposed to you know like be absent or whatever but it's like it's still it's stupid because love is like a totally human mm-hmm. thing which is You should embrace and not, like, suppress.
2: And maybe, you know, all of the old Jedi Masters that we've seen in this series have ended up in exile. We see Luke Skywalker in exile on this island that Rey finds him, and Yoda in Empire Strikes Back is in exile in Dagobah, and Obi-Wan Kenobi is in exile in Tatooine. Yeah, Yeah. They all end up...
0: All Jedis become hermits. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
2: And there has to be a reason to that, and I think... This film, The Last Jedi, really explores that very, very well. And it's yeah, one of the main themes. It definitely does a good job.
4: So, yeah, overall, uh, we all liked it, right? Would you say oh, sure. better or worse than The Force Awakens?
2: I'd like it better. Better. Yeah. yeah. I I do think it's better. I just think that um, looking back now after seeing The Last Jedi, I appreciate it the force awakens a little bit more for being such a refined like singular yeah. smooth story that you can just fully enjoy and have a good time with i think retroactively i i appreciate that more about it yeah. but the last jedi just makes you think more and it makes you reevaluate a lot of the expectations you had about these movies and like what they could be and what they could do and i just think the the some of the choices that Ryan Johnson made in this film they don't all work but at least the film is ambitious enough to go for all of these big ideas yeah. and you got to give it credit for that even though it's not as like smooth and refined as the force awakens
0: i i do think that i mean i it's, it's kind of hard to say whether I liked it or disliked it because this movie is so ambitious. He, Ryan Johnson tries to put so many different themes. If anything, sometimes those themes come across as kind of rushed and they don't have time to flesh out. This is already a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, but you can tell he had so many different ideas. I feel like while he was making this, he didn't think he was going to get a shot at three more movies. So he was just trying to put all these different complex ideas that we've never seen in this universe before. And... So sometimes some of those themes don't all completely work, but I still, I appreciate the messages behind each of the themes. Everything, nothing in this movie feels unearned or undeserved, I would say.
2: And he managed to make a Ryan Johnson film.
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's It's so impressive about this. And what was one of the things I liked about Thor Ragnarok was... This is a movie that fits in with the entire filmmaker's filmography. Like this, doesn't just seem like oh, just a throw off. I made that one big budget yeah. movie. Now I can go back to doing my smaller indie stuff. Which,
2: which is something that I forgot to mention in our discussion of uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. That movie is not a John Watts film. No, it's at not. all. Yeah, it's definitely it's a Marvel it's property. It's a oh, Kevin yeah. Feige product. It's a great movie, but it doesn't have a uh, a stamp. That yeah. the director has left on yeah. him. Yeah.
4: I I kind of agree. Like he definitely left a bit of signature on him, but like at the end of the day, if I just saw that and I didn't know anything, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a Ryan Johnson joint. Like, you know, I would not there's not enough there to be like, oh, it's a classic Ryan Johnson going on. <laughs> like it's a Star Wars movie, first and foremost, and then secondly, it's it's a Ryan yeah. Johnson. Yeah, I I can agree yeah, with that.
0: But I still think that like he really does where it's
2: so different
4: even than the, the Force Awakens, Awakens.
0: Even the Force Awakens, it feels I mean, it feels JJ J. Abrams but just because it's nothing really that like fresh and original. It's kind of it's a reboot, which is what JJ's kind of the master of is reboots and revitalizing interest within a franchise. He did it with Star Trek and he did it with Star Wars.
2: Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, so do you guys want to get into spoilers? Let's, let's do it. All right, guys. Please, I know everyone out there is gonna see
4: it because it's, it's, it's already movie. made
0: back its production budget <laughs> in opening weekend, so yeah. everybody's already yeah. seen it. We
4: were gonna go to a fucking ten thirty AM show and it sold out. Yeah. Ten
0: thirty in the morning on a Maybe Sunday. In yeah. Altamont.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Like, what the... F- yeah. it's, it's crazy. So the box
2: office is going to be unbelievable. If for some reason you haven't seen this film, please do not listen further. This is this is a movie full of great surprises. And that you, they,
0: it really helps if you're surprised along the way because there are some major twists and turns that you do not see coming. It is not what you expect.
2: And the marketing did a great job of not showing any yes. of this. So even if you've seen mm-hmm. all the trailers, you're still mm-hmm. in, in for some, some big surprises. So... Go and see it, and then come back and listen to this. Um, okay. Spoiler-, Spoiler alert. Okay.
4: So, first of all, I think we have to talk about the incredible arc of Justin Thoreau's character.
2: <laughs> yes. The code of breaker on the yeah.
4: casino planet. From seeing him at the craps table to then seeing <laughs> was, him again, and was, he says a line. That oh, that my God. That was so
0: good. Like, I just, I mean, that's a bit that. Pretty much no one's going to appreciate but I was just like, oh shit, it's fucking Justin (laughs) Theroux, and then he's gone, and never comes back.
2: Of writing Iron Man 2 fame, (laughs) and Tropic Thunder, (laughs) yeah.
0: No, but okay, we should start with the opening of this movie, which... I think is probably one of the base, the best space battles, and probably the best opening that we've ever had in a Star mm. Wars movie. It feels like we're in a war where there's different phases to this battle that we're watching. Of course, we start with Poe uh, trying to distract Hux with like a little bit of comic, little bit of comic thing going on right there, and then him just jumping to like not hyper speed, but him just jumping super fast flying along the surface of this dreadnought blowing up the cannons and then these scenes with these bombers coming down and really really awesome scene of this one woman who basically knows that she's going to die on this ship but just doing everything that she can to try and destroy this dreadnought so that it's not all for nothing
4: yeah what i should have mentioned it before but the Almost the best part of this movie, in my opinion, was it had incredible action choreography. Oh, it the was, choreography yeah. is incredible. It was, it was so, so coherent. Good. It was it all followed a good through line. They got very, very creative at times.
2: And uh, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley did. Pretty much all their own stunts. Really? Yeah. So that scene at the end in Snoke's chambers when they fight the the red samurai See? looking dudes. Yeah. You can tell that that's them doing it. And it's amazing. That, that scene it had two different
4: moments where I was like, I could not have thought of that. Like... You, the, obviously the classic where she throws in the lightsaber and just goes straight through his head yeah, yeah. that was that was um, awesome and then also when they're you know they're like holding lightsabers to each other and she and just she drops, drops it <laughs> and he
0: grabs it that's so cool it's just, and it's just creative little stuff where you're like I've probably seen everything you can do with a lightsaber <laughs> uh, you know and they do more and that scene also that was talking about how good looking this movie is like that is an iconic like I was trying to think of other things that like Trying to, you know, because you compare The Force Awakens to A New Hope, you can draw similarities, and I was trying to compare this movie to other Star Wars movies we've seen before, but to be honest, the only thing that I can think of, and I know Ernest said this too, was the closest thing to seeing Snoke's Chamber was the Red Room in Twin Peaks. Like, that's (laughs) what it reminds me. Everything's just red. You see these soldiers standing there in red. Like, it's so beautiful. (laughs) That's my boy, Lynch.
1: (laughs) See, like, that's what I meant when, like, that specific scene is what I meant when it was really, like, a callback to, like, Kurosawa stuff. Yeah. Because you have, like, both of them, uh, Kylo and Rey, like, one's wearing her white garbs, you know, like, and then Kylo's in his, like, all black suit, they're fighting dudes who look like literal samurai. Yeah. like, when they, like, got yeah. up close, you could see, you see how shiny the shit was and everything, and just look so good, and, like... Mm. They're fighting off each other's backs and, like, flipping over each other. And, like, all of it. Like, the choreography for that was insane. Like, I so was good. really surprised. Also,
2: the design of their of the Warriors' weapons, the oh, Red yeah. Warriors' weapons. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, that was really, so really cool, really so cool and inventive. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, another thing, um, going to, those ce- to that scene specifically, because that has one of the biggest twists of this movie, which nobody really saw coming. I certainly def- didn't, because... I really believe that we were going to have... Kylo's character was going to have the exact same arc as Vader, where we'll have this movie, he'll be conflicted and everything, and then the third movie will be where he turns on Snokes and kills him. Instead, Ryan Johnson decided, you know what, fuck leaving these loose ends. I'm going to tie up every loose ending I have J.J. just like, think of shit <laughs> on the fly out. in episode 9. <laughs> and that scene where... Snoke is telling Kylo to kill Rey and he just like totally fucks everybody over by the audience members, I mean, by killing Snoke just in that scene is just so cool and so And I thought it was unexpected. pretty well done too. Yeah, it was. It was really well done. And then from that, we immediately jumped to the two of them fighting together.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think that scene not only is one of the most surprising moments in the film, but it also leads into why Kylo Ren is for me the most interesting character in these movies in all of the star Wars movies. I think Kylo Ren is probably the best star Wars character ever just because they took the time to set up what George Lucas tried to do with Anakin in the prequels is have this whiny sort of like Mm, weak character that is trying to be a villain. So Anakin wasn't trying to be a villain, but he was, like, teetering towards being a villain, which is the whole concept of Kylo Ren. He was he... trying
1: too hard to be a hero, was the thing, and it just led him to the... He mm. doesn't realize that what he was actually doing yeah. was leading him to the exact opposite way that what he wanted. Yeah,
2: and I think one of the big
4: differences also, in addition to obvious character differences, is that uh, Adam Driver is way better than
2: Hayden Christensen. Oh, absolutely. It's so much It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Adam Driver is... Adam driver and, and Mark Hamill have the two best performances in this film but I think um you know Mark Hamill this is p- quite possibly his last turn as Luke Skywalker um, and he has a beautiful beautiful send off but we know that Kylo Ren that there's going to be more of Kylo Ren oh, yeah. and he gets so much to chew on in this film I think mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson had seen uh uh Adam Driver's work and knew how capable he was as an actor more so than J.J. Abrams mm. and maybe that is a, a case of Adam Driver just not being in in a strong of a place ta- talent wise when he made The Force Awakens I don't know I think he's a great very talented guy and I think that Ryan Johnson brought out an incredible performance in him yeah. in this film might
1: just be like more comfortable now at this point because you yeah. can definitely tell he was just like oh, way yeah. way more like just it's smoother for him. Yeah, yeah, feel like. and
4: uh, a lot of that, a lot of uh, good acting came out of the uh, the arc that I really loved between him and Daisy Ridley, where they're kind of f- you know forced talking to each that's other. That's one
0: of I think that's one of the like best effects in the movie. Force chat. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, but and it's so Force subtle. Book. It's just just. Yeah. Sliding my Using forced the- DMs real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Could you put a space towel on?
0: <laughs> okay, that was one of the jokes that didn't land for me as well. But no, but... They're the ladies, yo. Just <laughs> the fact that it's just the angle of the camera. And that's all that you get. And you yeah. have these really powerful scenes of them talking. Of course, we have... um blanking on what the name of it is but where we hear the same story three different times told three that's different also very
2: akira kurosawa yeah. yeah
0: exactly yeah um where you hear luke's story then kylo's story yeah yeah yeah. Rashomon, and then um luke's story real, again where he tells like him the real, real. story mm. and it's so powerful each time that you go back to that sequence it like registers with you more everything yeah. the gravity sp- of everything. That's especially
4: happening. because the actual thing that happened is a combination of both of the stories. Yeah, that exactly. You heard. Yeah. It's both of them. Yeah. And
1: Mark Hamill looked each time during this, like the three times they were like go back and show it, mm-hmm. Mark Hamill looked like I don't know, if it was just me. He looked just like a little different in every. He did well. Yeah, he yeah, did his, like,
4: he his like, facial. Yeah, yeah like in Kylo's so story, good. he looks scary. Oh, as yeah, shit. And he looks straight up just gone. And then in and his the own devil. story, he looks sympathetic. And then in the real story, he was a mix of yeah, both. He yeah, ram- and he, that's was angry, what he was angry, and
0: then you you. It's very awesome, subtle acting by Mark Hamill in that scene where you can just see almost like this relief leave out of just this subtle look in his eyes where he goes from really like angry to just like realizing that. He's he just made like he almost made a horrible mistake, which in turn he did. Like yeah. he tried to stop himself, but it was too late. And mm. at that point it couldn't be stopped. See,
1: that's like the whole like big problem with the Jedi, is, is they always keep thinking they're doing like the right thing and like it's like, oh, because I'm a Jedi, this is the right thing to do. And it's like that's just a personal thing, really. It's just you. Like it's like you said, it's just hubris. Yeah. Like it was just like him fucking up. Same with Anakin. He just kept fucking up because he thought he was like going about it the right way and didn't like want to listen, you know, like which is you know classic. And I think I think but. that's
2: what makes Luke's character in this film so strong and one of the I really feel like Ryan Johnson wanted that to be his focus and there's so many other things that happen in this movie that he also did his best to solidify into the script but luke's arc i think is the thing that he put the most thought into because that's where you get the most resonant themes in the film about failure and yeah, about, I mean,
0: and failure is the greatest teacher is yeah, like a big, a big theme in this Which, our movie. boy
2: Yoda comes mm-hmm. back. Looking which, a little which, Oh, good. I loved it. I, I love lo- Puppet yeah, Yoda. Good. They brought he back Puppet so Yoda. It made me good.
0: so happy, so happy. Because at first, you hear Frank Oz's voice, and I was like, oh no, we're going to get CGI Yoda. And you see the puppet back there, and I got so excited. He <laughs> just walks Yoda. around. Yeah, just, so good. And I think, I
2: think amazing. that may be my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: where he's about to burn down this the oldest tree yeah. with all the Jedi. Yeah, books so then Yoda sets it on fire and he like and he's hesitates. Like, no. yeah. and he's just like, no, you can't do that. Master Yoda. And he's just like, no, there's nothing in those books that she doesn't already yeah. know, which, or no, there's nothing in that books that she doesn't already have, Yeah. which she literally awesome, has them. awesome. Like just amazing, amazing. Like line work by Yoda, always speaking in, riddles and double meanings <laughs> yeah. like classic Yoda move because we learn later she has those Jedi books. Yeah, she
2: took them. She took um, them. Um
0: just going back to Kylo real quick cuz I've heard one of the criticisms is people think that they killed off Snoke and it was like kind of a lazy move, but I think that that was one of the smartest moves that for this franchise to do because we don't need another generic Darth Sidious Palpatine bad guy like now we actually have a very very dynamic villain in the Star Wars universe which we've never had before Mm. now through two movies we completely understand Kylo Ren's motivations where he comes from as a character yeah and And, we and his
2: inner struggles and
0: he's not just about like we will create the dark empire to destroy all the to like take over the world and everything like it's like he says in that moment with Rey after they're done killing all the red soldiers like I'm done with the Empire I'm done with the Jedi let's start just totally yeah. new he wants to do
1: good but in his but way, in his, his version vision, yeah. of new um
4: yeah that that I was just killing killed the past that like made him a better villain than any. Marvel villain. Absolutely. In in the movies. Just because they tend to be one-off throwaways and he's sticking around. Yeah. And I think that that's the exact right move to make. And they made you sympathize with him a lot to the point that you genuinely think for a second he's going to be a
0: good guy now.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I I thought it was going to happen. I was like, oh, please don't. Honestly, I was like, (laughs) please don't be good. Yeah, it's true. Because then you're like,
0: what's what if there is no third movie then? Well, that... It's like,
2: we're all friends. That just (laughs) contributes to what I was saying earlier about this the theme of failure in this film everyone fails what they're at what they're trying to accomplish in this story i love it it's so real this is real nobody succeeds at their task not a Mm -hmm. single character ray is trying to turn kylo she fails kylo is trying to turn uh ray he fails you know every luke is trying to train um, Ray, he fails. Rose and Finn fail. They Which, fail yeah, okay.
0: off the rip. We <laughs> should talk about that because that is, I think, the weakest part of this movie. I didn't hate their scenes together. See, Rose and Finn. This is Rose and Finn. A lot of the dialogue
4: I was talking about was their dialogue. Because I thought that story could have been great. And I like both of the actors. Yeah. Um, I just think that a lot of their lines were just bad. Well,
0: okay. I think... I, I do think they did have some kind of forced dialogue. But I think... Of all the struggling with balancing themes, their scenes on the casino planet were definitely the... had the biggest struggle with that because we have themes of class and of the business of war which yeah. I found that stuff extremely interesting yeah. but there's also themes of animal cruelty and child labor and there's like all these different things it almost feels like a balancing act between well, all of that stuff.
4: In addition to that also I think that they were counting on the casino scenes to be like the classic fun Star Wars scenes. Yeah like Moss Mos Eisley
0: so like, was, That was a
1: good like just juxtaposition of their older scenes because even in The Force Awakens they go back to like the CD yeah, bar and this time like, it's like it Mos is a Isley. CD bar but it's like mm-hmm mega upscale <laughs> and the same they played the cantina theme song but yeah. i like the remix they had in Yeah, yeah really the of <laughs>
4: my, my favorite scene that they had together was um when they're th- we're at the ca- casino and he's like why don't you like this and she's like yeah. look closer and she explains it and i thought that was a great scene for character development uh for finding more about her character and also just for development of the movie
2: itself um and then something that you did not think was ever going to show up in a star wars film I never thought that a Star Wars movie was gonna introduce themes about like the the profits from war yeah. and the the underbelly of like mm-hmm. these giant, uh, mun- like war hunger, money yeah. hunger mm-hmm. people. Well, and that also brings us to Benicio del
1: Toro's
4: character, yes. a stuttering. How do you guys <laughs> feel
0: about the yeah? How do you guys feel about the stutter? I do not like the stutter. I, okay, so
1: the whole thing about like Star Wars to me is like you have like all these different like. Just random aliens, random people. You never, like, learn about them, which is very realistic. That's just, like, life. Like, yeah. you'll just meet people, and they're sometimes a little weird, sometimes just really <laughs> out there, and you don't get the whole thing. Yeah. Like, it's You just meet like,
0: Benicio Del Toro at a casino, and he, like, picks it just some locks for you. He hacks you out of jail.
1: He hacks you into the fucking His lock thing. pick is at 100. Yeah. And-
4: <laughs> but I really – I that was what I was talking about earlier, where he, he kind of teaches John Boyega, like, hey – there's it's not just good and evil. Like these people are giving weapons to both of you guys.
0: Yeah, that was that so was what an awesome, they? awesome yeah. scene. And that also leads into this theme of failure and everything that we've already discussed, but the theme of the failure of heroism like sometimes you don't want to be the hero sometimes you want to just be the guy who takes orders because I think that this was an amazing movie for Poe Dameron's character Oscar Mm -hmm. Isaac had an awesome role I thought that I really could have used more of him in The Force Awakens I'm glad that we Mm -hmm. got more of him in this movie because over and over again in this movie we see him trying to be the hero in the opening scene Leia tells him to come back it's not worth the casualties and he goes on anyways he succeeds in destroying a dreadnought but they also lose all of their yeah, like everyone. then he goes behind laura dern's back to try and like have this whole like espionage sneaking onto their plane finding a code breaker mission and all of that completely fails mm. and so instead we're left with poe just getting them captured if they never if poe would have never sent uh finn and rose on this trip then they would have never had all of their escape pods being shot down by them because it was the fact that they got that they got caught. So twice in the Del film, Torrio,
2: it was uh, Poe's fault. It was that Poe's people, fault. Like a lot of people, a lot died. of
0: people died, and that really it was back to just these people who just the the people who just follow orders and set everything up for failure not going in there trying to just save this one thing like those are the true heroes not people who are doing these crazy heroic acts
2: not not to get too sidetracked but that's a similar theme that Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk had this Mm -hmm. year of like sometimes all you can do is survive and that is the most heroic thing
1: yeah that's why I like Finn so much because he's kind of like almost anti-poe because he's like he just tries to run away almost every time in the first movie and the second one. As soon as shit gets bad, he's like, "Mm, no, I just want to go with my friends, my close friends. Yeah. That's
0: it. And then uh, in that scene, we have the two of them basically uh, the final battle on the salt planet. We have those two characters almost flip where Poe finally realizes, hey, this isn't worth the casualties. Like, get out of the way of this thing. And Finn basically says, like, no, I'm tired of running. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to die for this. And instead, Rose sacrifices herself to try and save him. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. she realizes that it's not worth. it's. She That's when she has a great line, which is one of my favorite lines oh, in the so movie, good. where she says, war isn't about. Um, it's not about destroying the things you hate. It's about saving the things you love. Mm. Really, really beautiful line that Although sums I, up a lot of the I movie. I do
2: think that I would have appreciated if ryan johnson would have let finn actually sacrifice himself because i was ready for it i was emotionally ready yeah. to feel that death well
4: it's kind of like toy story 3 yeah, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> like they're ready for it and it he's ready for it we're too. ready for it yeah like it's, everything's heating up he's sweating <laughs> like the toys are like melting the yeah. aliens
1: right there next to him <laughs>
2: yeah. Drew, I I know you have to vanish back into the Force ether. Yeah, I'm going to
0: pull uh, a... (laughs) Wait, guys, we've talked we've talked about Star Wars for this long. We haven't even talked about Porgs. (laughs) porks guys oh yeah they are the dark side we we can we
2: can keep talking uh but drew if you want to if you want to say any final thoughts before you vanish forever
4: so i think that my opinion on star wars has been kind of misconstrued because i (laughs) i did also exaggerate it a bit for the sake of a funny good argument i don't dislike star wars i just think it's overrated defend
1: yourselves let's do this
4: i still think it's overrated (laughs) but i like this movie i really enjoyed it it might it might make my top 10 of the year um, in a movie filled with really good movies, uh, this was a, just a might s- make it. It's my favorite might. of the three new ones, which means <laughs> yes, might make it. It's it's better than I think. It's better than Force Awakens. I think it's better than Rogue One, and so I think I would. I know it's definitely in the, my top five Star Wars films. Maybe top four, top three. Um, I think it did most things right that it could have done, and I think that it. While still obviously servicing products and servicing like a giant fucking audience that expects things, it did. A, Ryan Johnson did a
2: good job of making it his own thing. Don't you think that that is the most impressive thing about this movie that it still inundates you with the Disney brand? Oh yeah, it still like makes you wanna participate in this uh, consumer culture that Disney has created, mm. and it sets the groundwork for years to come but it's still a very thought provoking film mm-hmm. that takes all these big risks
4: yeah i think i think it's being i mean obviously i'm sure we can all say that the 54% audience score is ridiculous like i i can't is that what I, It has. Yeah, it that's has what a it, really I don't know if it's little... gone up or not. No, wow. it's, it's. Yeah, but I just can't see what people are saying to be like. No, I didn't like it. I I liked it. I think it's a flawed movie, but I I liked it. But
2: that's the nature of it. A film that is trying to do so much and it's trying to tackle all these big ideas and and and. It's juggling so many things. It's going to be flawed. Yeah, that's, that's it one, of, to
4: be. one of my issues with it was that uh, it would often... It does a thing that a lot of big movies do that are juggling things where one big moment cuts to another big moment cuts to yeah. another big moment.
0: Girl. And it's constantly under- undercutting. The yeah, previous kind
4: big of. Moment. Yeah, kind of. Instead of just letting it play out all the way, um, which sometimes it would be better. I mean, sometimes that you got to do that, but sometimes it would be better. Well, to see the whole thing. I think thing.
2: the biggest moment, other than the Luke death at the end, is Laura Dern's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yes. coupled with the lightsaber. So oh my god, we out. haven't Ooh. talked
0: about that shot. I, I, I saw. Okay, I should also say I saw Star Wars twice within twelve hours of each other. <laughs> Both of my screenings that I shot, that I saw, that as soon as Laura Dern jumps to hyperspeed, crashes through it, and it just goes completely silent. Mm. That is iconic imagery. And both times in the theater, I heard some guy go. Holy shit. Yo, <laughs> like, no times without fail. Yeah, we That was some it, anime
1: shit like It surreal. really was, it was like, like it was the blue <laughs> line like yeah. cutting and oh, That wow, was a so, great moment. And also in so our theater good. we had a few people yeah. being like oh shit. One guy was like, just like, Whoa, "Damn." Fuck. Yeah. <laughs>
4: damn. Someone whispered, "She's dead." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Like, oh, so you've really? <laughs> been, you,
2: you've been really um, like deep into writing, you know, mm-hmm. because you you wrote this TV script for your class and you're not a big Star Wars fan. Mm. So, how do you feel about Ryan Johnson's script completely shrugging off uh fan service in this film? There's the fan service that happens in this film is so like subdued. It's not in your face at all and what he does with the script is almost like it makes you question how much of a fan you are of Star Wars and not you specifically, but yeah. like like in general, what this movie does, it like it makes you confront your nostalgia for this property I, and like rethink what we believe yeah, to be important I, about I Star think, Wars. I think
4: that Ryan Johnson did about as good of a job as he could have done uh under it's it's hard. Some directors cannot thrive under these circumstances because they're used to do, being an auteur and being like, okay, I'm going to write it. I'm going to make every fucking choice. He was given this cast. He had to, they were like, here are these people, make something happen with them. That's, I can't even imagine the difference between like making people up. Some people are better at making people up. Some people, like the people who wrote Disaster Artists, for example, are better at taking from material that's already there and just kind of like shifting it for the big screen. So I think I was very impressed because he is an auteur, he does his own shit, and so to make this shift and still make a good movie that is, it's, I'm not going to call it not fanservice-y because, of, I mean, the fact that it exists is fanservice, <laughs> but it is very impressive. And I, I was expecting a good movie because I love Ryan Johnson, yeah. and, and I think that he delivered.
2: I just think it's wild that he managed to sink his claws so deeply into what was established in the... Older movies and Star Wars and Empire and Return, while still doing something so bold and and unique and original, it's unreal. Because the Force Awakens at times almost feels like a fan film. Oh, like no, a I fan 100% fiction is.
1: It's like if you wanted one fan who's really good at making yeah. movies to make it. I mean, that's that's it right but there. But this, like... the Last Jedi, feels like a Star Wars movie.
4: It does, right. yeah. guys. I'm about to pull a uh, Luke Skywalker. Ready da <laughs>
0: da
2: he just passed out on a rock. Yeah.
4: So <laughs> Drew, okay,
2: let's. Drew just disappeared into. Thin let's air. talk
0: about that scene because that is one of the most badass scenes I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. The reveal that Luke Skywalker has. Yeah, been and then you just, b- you flash projecting. over to him, and he's just like shaking and levitating over the rock. That's so fucking cool, and it's so well shot. The choreography there, and after seeing this movie a second time, I noticed that. On the scenes, you see Kylo's feet on this salt planet. Whenever he takes a step, it leaves the red footprint. Mm-hmm. When Luke steps, there's no footprint there. Mm. Also, it's he looked. Fair. He had that. I'm, I'm rematerializing. That that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> lots of attention to detail. Bye, Bye. forever, true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I really really love that scene. I just that salt planet is like such an inventive thing. It's oh, yeah. one of the one of the um. One of the awesome things about the prequels is there is a good bit of really innovative world building things. We see all these cool lands that we've never seen before. And I think that the salt planet is just one of the coolest ideas. We just have that shot of all of the soldiers coming up in like the trenches. And then somebody takes a step and he like puts his finger down and like spits it out. And he's like, salt. It's just,
1: like, <laughs> and oh, all, all the build up to it was like, <laughs> like, this used to be like just a mineral mining place. It's all, you know, like that's all we need. Yeah. Like it's just they used to mine here. Yeah. And then like, the rebels used it and I'm like cool and i'm pretty sure the
2: entire design of that is all is it all a set it's all digital right
1: yeah i mean i feel like
2: yeah is it all,
1: all of it no i mean
2: there's no way they found a real place that looks like that maybe for the trenches part cuz that that looked real yeah that, i know that they was shot legit. some
0: stuff in like Hurt. No, maybe it might have just been the island stuff that they shot in Ireland. Norway. No, no, no. I think that they shot some stuff in like Norway or someplace uh-huh. like that. But that might have just been like certain shots, something like that. Not like they actually like really filmed characters yeah. on location. I right? mean, I
2: love the set design in this film. All the Oh, every yeah. The practical sets, practical effects. Um guys,
0: it's... can we please talk about porgs now? I've been <laughs> I've been waiting. I have four pages worth of thoughts on porgs. I thought
1: the porgs looked great. They look like kind of stop motion. I like yeah, the the por- some of them were definitely practical because yeah. the way they move like the when they like when Chewie was scaring them away and they just like jump away yeah. Yeah. I always thought that was like the funniest that was shit ever. One,
0: one of my favorite moments of the movie is Chewie uh eating a porg <laughs> having the fried porg and then that one porg just like looking at him yeah like that's it's a very beautiful moment and basically now Promotes that Han vegetarianism is, yeah yeah there's another Go little theme team. um no but uh almost like they're kind of looking for the new like Foil to Chewie Whenever they're in the uh, In the Millennium Falcon We've seen a little bit of it with Finn And a little bit of it with Ray. But I like the dynamic Between Chewbacca And these poor creatures In this movie I thought they were gonna
1: be Way more shoehorned in You know And they're not I was
0: like Oh this is they weren't Perfect just like amount. they yeah. weren't just like oh the because you know it's a Disney movie or it's a Star Wars movie so we have to have the cute character yeah in there. exactly we have to have the minion type character and it's we, nothing we like gotta that. sell something yeah. yeah exactly other than
1: BB8 like what else can we sell than BB8
0: pretty much <laughs> right we have to have something new in here but I I really thought that that was really cool I just loved. Their design. I love the design of the uh, the uh, caretakers on Luke's island. Oh my god, oh, that was yeah, so great. Those the are really nuns, cool. When uh, <laughs> he, when Ray first, yeah, Ray first like sees uh sees Kyler and just, like shoots her blaster, and then you just see them like yeah, <laughs> it was like some shit that you'd see in like Tatooine for exactly, like, a Star yeah. Wars movie. Yeah.
2: So there is um something to kind of go back and touch on. I think that um. Ray and Kylo's arcs in this film are kind of what hold it together for the most part. Um, because whenever you cut back to uh, Leia and Poe and Rose and Finn, mm-hmm. you feel like that is lower of a priority for this story than everything that's happening with Luke, Kylo, and Ray. So the way ryan johnson is able to map out the two arcs of these uh, main characters is amazing like one is being pulled towards the dark side one is being pulled towards the light side and they kind of meet in the middle and they acknowledge their connection and of course it is orchestrated by snoke we find mm-hmm. out but they still find this really intense uh, meaning to their to their I guess force way connection yeah yeah so I really enjoyed not only the way that it was visualized we've mentioned the way it was shot you know with the with the camera angles but just the way that the two characters um first of all their performances are oh, great yeah. but also the the mapping of these two arcs crossing paths in such a way i think works so well and it's something that we really haven't seen in in a star wars movie before
1: between the trailers and then like leading up honestly up until like when they have their talk after the like the big battle in the throne room i thought there was going to go like opposite ways i thought kylo was going to go good and Ray go bad and i was like oh it's going to be kind of amp but then it didn't i was like cool this is it was unexpected. It, it, it was, was, you know, some normal Disney shit.
0: Yeah, no, like they they meet in the middle and then they both go back to their own separate ways. But there really is like, you can sense some chemistry between these two characters. Like we have that one scene, everybody leading up to this movie was wondering who are Ray's parents. And I loved, loved that moment in the movie where... They're in the throne room talking and Kylo's like, I know your parents are. Do you want to know who they were? You've always known. They're nothing. They were just, they were people who were looking, they were looking for alcohol money and they sold you. And I was tearing up during that part because it leads to this whole greater theme in Star Wars that you don't just have to be a Skywalker or something. You don't have to come by from some special bloodline or have a lot of midi chlorines or something in your (laughs) system. Anybody can be... Ray anybody can be a Jedi like it's it's in all of us we see the shot at the very end of the movie the how it ends, of the little yeah. boy like force pulling the broom to him like I just I love that idea that any child growing up could think I could be yeah. that and that, I could be special and that is that.
2: very Disney yeah but it works for the story that's being told I, I do wish that we would have gotten a little bit more from that kid just oh to yeah. care. He's
0: gonna, I think he's gonna be back because I, I have a feeling that episode 9 at this point Is going to be about it's almost gonna like flip this story and it's gonna be about all the kids that they talk about from the outskirts, all these people who wear the resistance, uh, like know our symbol. They're all going to join up to try and stomp out this empirical force, and we're going to see basically the birth of a new Jedi of the new like Jedi regime, almost how we had in the prequels. I could see that.
2: Um, going back to Rey though, and how you know she comes from nothing. That's how Luke was set up originally in the first Star Wars movie. We didn't know that yeah. he was Darth Vader's son. That that was yeah. it was maybe alluded to by Darth Vader being called Darth Father in German. <laughs> but but as far as like the car- the characterization like Luke is just a farm boy, you know? Like there's there's really not much there to make us believe that he is special or or the chosen one. He really just comes from a nowhere yeah. town in, in Tatooine. And the the spirit of that is carried forth with Rey. And again, that whole idea of her, as Kylo Ren puts it, you have no place in this story.
0: Yeah. But do you think, because I really hope it doesn't, but do you think it's going to get undercut where Kylo's like, oh, actually I was lying. You're also haunted layers. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> because we've only ever seen this kind of like force communication from across different, planets with each other between Luke and Leia before who are brother and sister. So they definitely because of course we find out that Snoke is bridging their minds, but at the very end of the movie, whenever they're uh whenever Ray's gang on the Millennium Falcon leaving the Salt Planet, we see them connect for just a moment again. And instead of saying anything, she shuts yeah, the door she just cuts on him. it off. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they still do, they have this ability to communicate with each other. So, there has to be some kind of a connection there, whether it's through love, through family, through something. Like, I feel like there is something special bonding their two minds. Well, I'd- on
1: the first day of their training or whatever, when Luke gives, like, that speech, it might, might have been the second. Whenever, like, he's, like, talking to her about, like, what the Force actually is, and he's, like, asking, she, like, asks him or whatever, and he's, like... It is in everything. That's why it's like that little boy has it yeah. in that random planet. That's, that's why he can still, still connect great... to some like evil person. Like it's all like, like you said, it's not just midi chlorian levels. It's in, it's in everything. It, it doesn't belong to the yeah. Jedi. It doesn't
0: belong to. That was an awesome, awesome monologue because we've had so many like convoluted messes of ex- people explaining the Force. And I thought that was just an unbelievable job by Ryan Johnson saying that. It flows through everything. It doesn't belong to any one person. The force the light will be here while you're alive and it'll be here after you die. Like that's I thought that, that was really beautiful. Also a great humor moment where uh she's like, Close your eyes, reach out oh. and she reaches out. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Oh, do you feel it? oh my god, I feel it, I feel it. Smack. <laughs> um which also, while we're on the island, we should also talk about, um because at first, on first viewing, I did not like it. But after seeing it a second time, I feel like I have more of a sense of what it was saying. The whole House of Mirrors oh, uh, world. Yeah. Um, while watching it the first time, I didn't really work for me. I was almost getting like... uh Age of Ultron, Thor looking into the water, like seeing the the dark Ray, world. Ray Ragnarok. just took
1: some uh, some force acid.
0: Yeah, some force acid. <laughs> See, which but,
1: scares me because that part that you're talking about, where he's like looking, like looking at Thor or whatever, that was put in by like Disney. Yeah, that was, what was like, oh, it was, was just like, this. hey, remember? Even though we got it's horrible, movies, it's like, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, exactly. And this like, movie's already three
0: it. hours long, but no, but um, I after seeing it the second time and knowing that. Ray's parents are apparently nobodies. That's why it makes so much sense, her going down to this place, trying to look through, and you see two shadowy characters, and then you just see herself. Like, she was trying to find answers, but there's no real satisfying answers down there. I
1: mean, yeah, that's, like, the whole, like, that's what I really like about, like, like I said, Star Wars in general. You don't find out everything. You don't, like, know everything, which is pretty cool. Like, I think that's why most people don't like it, if you like this new one, because you're not, you're not told everything. You're not, like this is good and this is bad like I mean there's obviously bad and good but like when they were talking about like Benicio Del Toro's character them introducing all of that which I'm really surprised they like let Disney let him put in Yeah, like that I feel like just makes people like Uncomfortable, which is not really what you go to for most people don't go to the movies for, especially a Star Wars movie. yeah Right. Like, we don't go there don't to find to think the about middle ground
0: stuff. between good and evil yeah. about class wars well, and everything. It, it, <laughs> it's not just the
2: Benicio stuff, it's everything that yeah. Luke is saying too ab- exactly. ab- about how the Jedi need to die.
0: Yeah. And I can't believe that like that's something that Disney would let them do when Jedi's are like revered and all everything Star Wars, that they would let them do something that original and different.
2: It's I think it's unbelievable that it worked as well because you know, not only is Mark Hamill giving an incredible performance, but so you good. do see Luke as this just broken man who has really blamed himself for the the rise of this new uh, Darth Vader of this really powerful Kylo Ren. And Luke, he he sees no other choice but to go to this island and die in peace and let the the Jedi end. Because nothing but darkness has come from it.
1: And I mean, like he thinks he's like it when it's really like he's like not even like really like remembering his own words. You know, it's just like it's much bigger than him. It's not going to end with him, which he does realize eventually. But yeah. it's like it's all going to keep going. It's, there's always, there's, like he said, also there's always going to be a dark side as well, and that's okay. Yeah, because you're gonna fail, and that's okay. Like. It's
2: it's part of the whole balance. Yeah. you know, you need strong light, strong dark. It, it brings everything in the universe together, and I do think that Luke does redeem himself in the end oh, yeah, sure. because he he finds redemption in letting Ray come back to the rebellion and allow them to escape and find that little semblance of hope that they needed.
0: I also I liked that uh, that moment for him because. Her leaving mid-training from Luke it is like, the exact same thing as Luke did whenever he left his yeah. training with Yoda. Very
2: risky, very yeah. kind of stupid move. Yeah,
0: very stupid move. And I think that that was one of the reasons why he eventually goes back and helps them is because he sees himself in Ray, and he knows, like, he he's done the same stupid things before, and despite him failing, having massive failures in the past, he has to use... Oh, shit, my bad. <laughs> He has to use failure as a teacher, and he has to learn from it and still do what he can to do the right thing. Which
2: is why I th- really think that the Yoda scene is the best scene in the film, because it encapsulates that whole theme, which is the most important theme in the film, that failure is the best teacher. Yeah. And all of our characters fail in this film, and they, they live, they survive, and they're going to learn from it, and they're going to be able to you know not only become better at, at, at what they strive to be but move on and lead the galaxy to a, to a better place and
1: inspire others and, and inspire you know.
2: others and all that yeah so this is the film where everyone learns that you have to fail yeah and the only way to find true success and and comfort and and well-being is to go through this darkness and know that you have to hit bottom yeah. mm-hmm. and not reach your goals in order to pick yourself up and keep trying and, and, and survive.
0: And another thing, we haven't really even talked about Carrie Fisher's role uh, yeah. in this movie. <laughs> um, every time that she was on screen, I was tearing up. And especially yeah. when we get that scene between when she Luke and up. Leia. Oh, her, oh, oh, at the end. No, no, yeah. no. When we get that scene between Luke and Leia, like I was, I was, I was a mess. That kiss on the forehead like, Oh my was God. Too much. Oh my God, dude. It destroyed me. But, the scene where you're talking about where she blows up, I actually think that's the worst shot of the movie. Um because what, when when
2: she's actually floating, when she in, space out when she floating in space back, yeah. and
0: like force pulls herself to the airlock door. <laughs> I I I didn't really dig that. Like I understood why they did it, but we for one, we've never really seen Leia use the force like that before, so it kind of comes out of nowhere. Wow. And also, like, it comes across as like when you first see it, you're like, wow, that's really anticlimactic death for, like, fucking Princess Leia. Yeah, and she
2: stays alive at the end of the film. It's like, what are they going to do? Yeah, Isn't- no,
0: that's... That's I can't believe that two of the major characters <laughs> of the original trilogy have been killed off, except for the one who's actually dead.
1: Yeah. Like, I liked it. I was surprised. I was like, oh, dude, this is how they kill her but off. I mean, never mind. How do
0: you think that they're going to handle that, though? Do you think it's going, like, episode is going to open with, like, a crawl about Princess Leia dying? Are we going to have a funeral scene? Or, like... Death by Porgs. <laughs> Easily death by, by porgs. porgs. That's all the, the crawling. We'll is. have CGI <laughs> Carrie Fisher just being like, no! <laughs>
1: but the Porgs are all all real, they're all like you know animatronic. I think the the
2: only way to do it is just to have nine open with her dead.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I think that that's the only way they can do it respectfully is open with like some sort of service, shot, just maybe ceremony. one sh- like CGI shot of her in a casket or something like that, and not, then them they don't all even have to a,
2: do. They don't even have to show just, her body. But just it can open
0: be a, with them at a funeral or yeah. something for her. Like, I just want them to be respectful with her and not try and like force in deleted scenes from the last jedi and or just be like or just be like oh she's just
2: she's off screen yeah
1: somewhere uh or cgi i don't (laughs) want
0: cgi oh like Like, we can't have that again no No. hope (laughs) yeah um but do you guys think because this is not being well received uh at least by mass audiences critically it seems like it's pretty well beloved but do you think that this is going to affect ryan johnson's three future star wars i hope not man i really hope it doesn't but it could i'm a little bit concerned he's just got to make his money
1: honestly i feel like if it makes its money it'll be fine because it's still gonna make a billion dollars like Like, at the end of the line that's what disney really is like caring about if anything he just won't be heavily involved he'll
2: just take on more of like a backseat producer role probably and maybe he won't write or maybe he'll
0: direct but not write or something like that yeah, I could see that. Yeah,
2: I could see that. I mean, I do want to get I want to see more original Ryan Johnson movies, too. I don't I want do, him just yeah. to be doing Star Locked Wars out, forever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Once you're in any like with Disney stuff, you're there for like
2: yeah. a decade. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do. I would love for him to keep directing just because I think he's so talented and he puts the camera on. Right in people's faces. Like the close ups in this film are gorgeous. You know, these people are acting their asses off, and the camera, the, the whatever lens they're using is amazing.
0: Yeah, it pulls out the best <laughs> from these actors. And then, same time, in these battle scenes, like I was saying earlier, like we have these showdown sequences that are like an Akira Karasawa film or a classic Western, like the shot of uh, Kylo and Luke standing there on this salt planet standing across from each other on this wide screen and then you see the sun like setting behind them like it's just iconic imagery that we've never seen direction like this in a Star Wars movie before
1: like when they're they're taking the little like crappy little whatever speeders things they have it's like yeah. their last stand and they're dragging it and like the sand and the sand's coming up as red and they're just like these dinky looking little like flying yeah. machines yeah. <laughs> going up against like the newest like AT-ATs yeah, like super armored up machines.
0: ones like it's it's just wild like we've never seen images like that in a Star Wars movie before
1: I like I mean also like kind of going off of that is like all the little details they don't really like get into like for Example, like the upgraded, like uh, spaceships and at ats like all that shit is just that's my favorite part of Star Wars is all the little stuff in the background that is mm-hmm. just there and it is so so much to look at, like yeah, to
2: fill out the world, yeah. And and you know, honestly, that just lends to the point that I was making earlier about Ryan Johnson kind of shrugging off the fan service. Is going into this movie, these people or most fans, big fans, had expectations from the force awakens that this film was going to dive deeper into the mythology and like, who is Snoke? Like what's behind all this mystery behind this character and like who are Ray's parents? Like there has to be a a family like blood connection there. And you know, these are expectations that you kind of do have in a star Wars movie just because it is star Wars and you expect the mythology to be deepened with each with each film. And, I really appreciated that Ryan Johnson didn't do that and that he totally surprised everyone by completely shrugging all of that off and making it clear that that was not the movie that he was trying to make. There
1: were callbacks, obviously, because, I mean, there's always going to be like when they're on the island and you see the X-Wing in the water or whatever. Yeah, that was Please don't awesome. pull it out. As soon as I saw it, I was like, please don't make her pull it yeah, out. Yeah. I'm
0: like, not again. <laughs> no, but that was just a great, really like subtle thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, all those little, like little tiny things like that. That's is what, I, that's really what liked. I was saying about Johnson
2: making the fan service just so minimal and kind of like subdued and not blatant and in your face like it's been in Force Awakens. It's like and real
1: fan service because if you actually know about it, then you're yeah. going to like spot these things Otherwise,
0: out. like you can just kind of like shrug it off is just like oh that looks cool yeah without it like actually like registering as meaning something to you so I, I- think that uh just I I think you can like tell that this is. But for many reasons, that this is a Ryan Johnson film and not a JJ film, because they destroy the dreadnought in the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Oh yeah. yeah! If this was a JJ movie, it'd be another Death Star type thing where they like it destroys one planet and then they're like plotting out on their like hologram thing <laughs> all of the the weakness points and everything like that. But we didn't need that. We've seen that so many times in a Star Wars movie before. We just open with just straight war. We're just jumping right into this middle of this battle.
2: Yeah, and.
0: Um, I lost. What oh, I was oh, say. Another, I'm sorry. another. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, not to cut you off or anything. Um, because the first time I was watching this, I love Laura Dern as an actress. Uh, but I didn't really care for her character, mostly because I was sitting there after the first viewing, being like, "Why the fuck doesn't she just communicate her plan with everybody, and then Poe won't go in, go off doing all this stupid shit?" But after rewatching it, I realized that they obviously they they must have a mole on the ship. That's how they're being tracked through hyperspace and all this stuff. Is that there's somebody? Yeah,
2: she's a traitor,
0: and that's why. Well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I, yeah. I'm saying yeah. like that's what you think. Yeah, th- that's on first yeah. View. That's what I was thinking. Is I was like, why? Yeah, why is she doing this? But it makes sense why she's being so quiet and secretive and keeping her plan just super super under wraps because she can't let this all get out or else like they're they're screwed they're all going to die anyways yeah. so so i have
2: seen the film a second time as well and my biggest issue on first viewing i i had two main things on first viewing that i had big problems with one is i couldn't help but to think of this movie as a product of the Walt Disney company and like just all the blatant shit to sell this brand. And like the, the theme of like anybody can be a Jedi. Like you can be a Jedi too. buy a ticket to Disney world now. And, and (laughs) (laughs) this, and Star
0: Wars world coming soon. And yeah, 2019,
2: all the new ships, like buy all the new toys, new ships, new ships. And I just couldn't get away from that. But seeing it a second time, it was not as big of a problem, and I could appreciate it more as a film and all those things were not as distracting yeah. as they were the first time. I just I don't know what it I think I was just so nervous about this movie being good and <laughs> like looking at very yeah.
0: cynical <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I mean okay, we are also watching this movie. In now after Disney just purchased Twentieth Century Fox, so that's another th- aspect that we strengthen their grip. At it. Yeah. Like wow, so now they own forty percent of the TV market and forty percent of the movie market. It's so. it's scary.
2: I mean, at least they were able to make a good film, yeah. even while it's still being a product. See, that
1: was one of
0: that's
1: what I also I was like not looking forward to in like the movie. It was like I was scared for like the exact same reason because I. Since I'm someone who sees all that merchandise and all like yeah. the stupid shit they sell every day. Yeah, like, you
0: can speak on that since you actually work yeah. <laughs> at Disney so directly. Yeah, like
1: I've like also, there's a weird obsession with Darth Vader that I don't understand. I talked to this, but with India about like a lot of dads like love love Darth Vader. I'm like, I don't think you guys really understand it. Like, I get he looks cool, but like, no, it's not a, it's not a dad thing. Sorry, he's the but, worst father. Yeah, ever. <laughs> like essentially yes. And I was just like worried. I was like, because I saw the because I saw like you know like the the mean BB-8, and I was like, because I've already seen all this stuff in the stores. They're already hawk, ho- They've been hawking this shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was like this is just gonna be just a big ad to like go buy x stuff you know and it, it kind of is a little bit but it, it it's not distracting yeah no not you know? anyway it like, works
0: within the context of the yeah. film yeah
1: like for example like i didn't mind the porgs because they weren't they weren't in everything and no one other than Chewie really interacted with them right so it was never like a big it was never like oh no one actually said oh how cute Or were like, ooh, adorable, or like tickled its tummy or Mm -hmm. some stupid shit. They were just in the world. Yeah, they were like slowly making camp in the Millennium Falcon, which I did like. They just like slowly set up Ness, and I was like, that is cool.
2: I love that. And then the other thing that I had an issue with was the whole Finn and Rose uh, subplot, because I I hate to do this to the movie, um, but I do feel like they cast this Vietnamese girl, uh, I can't think of her name, to appeal to Asian audiences, and to uh, appeal to that giant Chinese oh, yeah, uh, market yeah, yeah. over there, because they need to sell these movies to to that people. And I it,
0: Kelly Marie Tran.
2: Yeah, she is. She is. I'm pretty sure she is American, but yeah, she comes she's from, American. She yeah. comes from Vietnamese descent. Her parents immigrated here. Yeah, I didn't mind it as much the second time uh, watching the film, but her character is very like. Comic Con fan. Yeah. Like kind of just being like the audience wow, inside the you're, film. You're
0: that Finn. Yeah.
2: yeah. And you know, her performance isn't bad. It's just like the way the character is introduced into the story, it feels a little bit like, hey, you know, you Real can, on the
0: you, nose. You, you can yeah. be in Star Wars too. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I I liked her actually as an actor a lot. And I even I liked her and Finn's uh relationship together. I do you think the whole romantic aspect of it was a little bit forced at the end? I wasn't really getting romantic vibes from them. She was. She just had a crush on him. Yeah, yeah I think that that's but, what I it mean, is. She
2: did sacrifice herself. Like they could have died when she brushed yeah. herself. But into Do you guys the think ship. there's
0: going to be like some kind of like a love uh, rectangle between <laughs> Kylo, <laughs> Kylo, Ray, Rey, Finn, Chewy. and Rose?
2: God, I fucking hope not.
0: I, I hope I not I either, but I. I do really, really wish that we would have gotten more Finn in this movie because Finn was one of my favorite aspects. That's how The Force Awakens opens is through Finn's eyes. So going into The Last Jedi, I thought we were gonna get a lot more Finn. And instead, like pretty much every time that they have their scenes together, you're kind of just like, Alright, yeah, this is fun. Can we get back to the island now yeah. with Ray and Luke? <laughs> like, I want that's where like the real interesting yeah. shit is happening. But
2: but that storyline does tackle all of these big themes that we've discussed about things that we've yeah. never seen in a star wars movie like the gray areas and the child slavery and See, animal cruelty.
1: and it kind of reminded me of thor ragnarok when they like make that quick like just it's like a little bit where it's just like they make that slave joke he's like oh don't call them that don't yeah. use that <laughs> word. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just prisoners with jobs or yeah. Whatever. yeah i was like wow they really let that go and then in this one they have all this other shit and i was like It gives me just a little bit of hope that Disney is not going to just, like, doesn't, like, have their full, like, grip on everything they do. That they really do, like, care about, like, adding layers to their stories. Because, like, between that and all the stuff in this, I'm just like, maybe there's hope for, like, not everything is just garbage. I I think
2: there is. And I think that they are being mindful... To not only cater to children and, and, you know, have six year olds be able to watch these movies, but also maybe try to teach them something valuable and to get them to be thinking about these big ideas at the earliest age that they can grasp them. You know, not every eight year old is going to be able to think about the. (laughs) the gray areas of war
1: (laughs) and uh you know why selling weapons is good yeah make your money you
2: know it's but but (laughs) at some point you know maybe like a 13 or 14 year old can really be be cerebral about the the watching of this
1: film they'll like subconsciously get it i think because really like kids pick up a lot more than i feel like we like most people like especially kids now
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah in this age that we're in um, information age i'm gonna be honest if i was a kid i'm not sure how much i would like this movie it's pretty dark like it's there's long. like humor in it it's, it's very long, long. <laughs> it's but like more than that it's not just like like star wars movies i love them as a child because they're like they're really fast-paced it's like the force awakens like it's all really quick it's moving along quick 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 it's all like very like booming score and all this stuff and you don't really have to deal with these like deep messages like it's a pretty shallow story for the most part about family and this tackles so many other different themes i can understand why a lot of like families going to the movie aren't enjoying it as much
1: yeah um, um, definitely not feel good
0: no, like, it's not a. Well, I mean, like, there are good moments. Yeah, there are good it, moments, but, but like, in, overall, it doesn't quite, like, fit in with the whole Star Wars family.
1: There's no real, like, win. Like, yeah, the win is that they make it out of they that survive. cave, and that's, like, literally <laughs> they it. Survive, like, yeah. They are, like, the spark continues. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, we which are we cool. are the spark that yeah.
0: lights the flame that, like, yeah. ignites that's the world. That's literally, because
1: like, we've been saying, like, everyone fails, but that's D1 accomplishment, is that they don't die, which is. Pretty good. Like there's yeah, no. They like...
0: spend the entire movie on the run. <laughs> it is a good it is a good celebrity uh um good comparison to Dunker. Yeah. Because it really is that same I didn't think about that, but it is that same kind of theme of just we have to survive. Don't try and do anything crazy, just do Don't whatever it takes to make it to the next day, yeah. to make it to the next step.
2: All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up here on this week's pod. We will be back in twenty eighteen with our list future. of the year
0: um so yeah where can people find you guys on the internet um you can find me on twitter at hunt mobley h-u-n-t-m-o-b-l-e-y I've been tweeting more recently. I've <laughs> seen, yes. I, uh, some thoughts, some takes. I I have I tweeted out uh, three different tweets uh, about <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my last Jedi thoughts. Um, yeah, so uh, give me a follow. I've been trying to be more active on there. Maybe I'll post a picture of my new Coheed Cambria sweater. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, guys? What about you, Ray?
1: Find um, me on Instagram at RaySiff, R-A-Y-S-I-F-F. And if you are brave enough, follow me on Twitter uh, at Mango Emoji Be nice like a little bee riffraff And the guy from a cash cap And follow me That's like oh, That just weird. happened Sick. the other day yeah. <laughs> Oh dope There's a lot of hot takes on there Just a heads up Like <laughs> I don't like The middle part of Pop-Tarts so I only like the crust yeah. That's the only good what? part That is the hottest uh, take
0: I've ever heard in my <laughs> are you life ready Who for does this? that?
1: The only good part of Lucky Charms Is the cereal part The marshmallows Whoa. are bad oh.
0: What about the milk After the, the marshmallows Like melt in the milk <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: No. no. Also, the, the just the cereal part reminds me of cat food, and I like that.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So, how so, much yeah. cat food do you ingest a day?
1: Subconsciously, maybe a lot more than consciously. Dry or yeah. wet? Oh, definitely wet. Oh, I'm yeah. not a dry guy. Oh. <laughs> Unless it's snacks, then I'm for it. But, yeah, there's a lot more of... That kind of stuff. On yeah, there. not not brought to you by the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, no. Oh no, <laughs> not, I'm not affiliated. I'm not no, my opinions are my own. The, yeah, the mouse, <laughs> yeah, the mouse so would not be happy. with Everything me. said you're actually, in this podcast, you're going to get
0: fired because you said anything remotely bad about the Last Jedi. So, well,
1: that is true. If well, you
0: need a job at a bowling alley, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. If, uh,
1: thank you. I appreciate it. I might not be lasting long because. I've also got some hot takes about the first three original Star Wars, which is
2: But they're Fox, so they're owned yeah, by Disney no. now.
1: The four episode four. I've just seen it so many times, it's like uh. And then five and six could have been one episode. It's like the last two matrixes, honestly. Well, I mean, <laughs>
2: Last Jedi kind of like meshes the uh the undertones of yeah. Empire and Return into one movie. I yeah. Could've, so could've it kinda it kinda proved it your point yeah, a little bit. Could have totally been worse. All right. So you can email us at we at gmail.com. Let us know how much you disagree. <laughs> how much the last Jedi sucks or how much it's a ten out of ten uh masterpiece. Whatever. Hit us up. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at we bottom And also you can find me at Caldernist on Twitter and Instagram. So thanks guys. It's been a long talk. Um, we'll be back in 2018 with our best of the year list and yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a good time, we'll you know, soon. happy we'll new year, ha- Merry Christmas, you know, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, drink an
1: Uber, please not drive, <laughs> drink an Uber.
2: Yeah. Please drink an Uber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can just walk, actually walk. Don't do that. Yeah. Get some exercise, yeah, get some Exercise a in 2018.
4: Shit. but first it'll piss you off. Hey, man,
2: down See you next year. Bye-bye.
4: Bye bye. Like
2: hey This new album, yeah. It's great. It's really good.